0: Put the fucking mic on. Mic is on.
1: Cracks is on. Joe cracked it on. How we doing folks? It's your boy DB Barstool Sports Starting 9 and you are listening to the end of the bench. Scoot your ass down. Welcome to episode 71. Of End of the Bench, you just listened to our new little intro clip. Shout out Dallas Braden. Fuen, 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 Fuen. Shout out Dallas Braden. Thank you. So on this episode, we'll discuss the all MLB first and second team. We'll talk about who got snubbed. Patriots Spygate 2.0. The college football rankings are out. Playoff rankings are out. Liam and I, I'm happy. You're happy, right? Very happy. That's great. And then towards the end of the show, Liam will get absolutely heated and go off on a rant about David Fisdale getting fired by the Knicks. I can't wait to hear. But first, <laughs> we'll hold that for later. But first, oh, and we also have a, uh, a bench player of the week, which yeah, is pro- right. which is our best one yet. The This is close to our hearts. But first, let's talk about the Yankees putting that blank check on the table and getting our boy Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole signs a nine-year, three hundred and twenty-four million dollar deal, which puts him at as the richest pitcher in MLB history, and the first pitcher to ever have a contract worth three hundred million dollars. It's a ton of money. Now I was working at WFAN last night. Saw this dropped. The place went absolutely nuts. A oh, lot of yeah? Yankee fans were up at the, at the fan. Everyone was working. Getting ready to go. Uh, let's just say we're all pretty excited. 100%. Um, for the fact of the matter is that this was something that needed to happen in the worst way because w- we need pitching. I'm saying we. I can I guess I'm saying we. The Yankees need the pitching. There is uh, Next year, you have Paxton and Tanaka and Hap. if they sign Happ, but the guys are going to be free agents next year, yep. next offseason. So this contract is just more. There's more to signing him and being our ace, being the ace for the Yankees. It's the future for the Yankees. This could keep Tanaka back as a Yankee. This could keep Paxton as a Yankee because you see you have Cole, then Severino next year as your two. Your three is Paxton, four is Tanaka, or flip-flop. Either one of those five, guys, I'm fine with him at four. And then five, it's whoever. Montgomery, it, probably, Montgomery, right? Montgomery, Garcia, Loisaga, your boy, not really your boy. Not my boy, not, not my boy, not, not my boy. My Domingo, <laughs> you don't know where he's going to be. Yeah, no, true. Bro, if so, they get him back, that is a nasty starting five. It's a nasty starting five without him, too. Yeah. So... It is a step in the right direction for the 2020 Yankees. So little details with this contract. No trade clause. There is an opt-out clause, though, after five years, which then he would walk away with $145 million. Okay. It's not bad. Still a lot of money. Still a ton of money. His average annual value is ridiculous. Most in history, thirty-six million dollars a year.
0: Bumps right over Strasburg. We got what thirty-five right last. Yeah, and he
1: had it for about a day and a half. (laughs) Yeah, not even last week. What three days ago? Yeah. So there's a lot of things to go in detail about. It's like how how did this thing actually happen? Who were the people involved? Look, you know Cashman's there, and you know Boris is there. Those two guys have been dealing with each other for years. A Rod, in particular, you have other guys that have worked with him. Them to you know, they've worked well together over the years. But there was there was speculation coming out that there was outside guys coming in and helping out with this signing. Hal Steinbrenner, who is a part of the Yankees, as everyone knows, was a big part of the signing as well. But the biggest part was Andy Pettit. Yes, hell yeah. So this is a tweet from Jack Curry from last night. He says, just spoke to Scott Boris, asked the agent what helped make Garrett Cole choose the Yankees, and he said, Five conversations with Hal Steinbrenner and Andy Pettit. Boris was impact Boris was impacted by Hal's persistence and Cole's Cole was influenced by Andy's stories about pitching in New York. Look. Cole just experienced the past two seasons, what it's like to pitch on a World Series team. He played for the Pirates, who was a playoff team a couple of years when he was there, but it wasn't World Series caliber, right? Not at all. Not at all. So now he's going to play in New York where all they want to do and all their goal is every year is World Series or it's a loss. For the season. That's Do th-
0: it. Do you think this signing is a bust if they don't win a World Series? In the first year, I think so. I'm talking the entire contract. Oh, they don't
1: win a contract in nine years? As or well- as long as he's playing for them, yeah. <coughs> so, as of right now, five years, because he could opt out. So, in the first five years, there's not a ring. It's a it's a, it's a bust. Okay. Because they have the no, offense. I'll, I'll, I'll 100% have, agree with that. They have the offense. They didn't have, the Yankees didn't have a ace the entire, like, for an entire season. Like, the Astros had two aces all year long, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, think about it. The last two seasons. I, mean, I us got us cranky as, the half the year. Yeah, us as Yankees fans, we were saying, get a big-name pitcher. Get this guy. Get Mad Bum. Get whoever. I mean, it took them long enough, but they finally did it.
1: I love that they got Paxton last offseason. He didn't start clicking up, clicking until the second half when he won, I think, 11-1. Tanaka was a little shaky in the beginning of the season. Domingo Herman could never pitch at home. Yep. Um... And Severino was hurt the entire year, and he pitched towards the, like the last month of the season. So, And CeCe was hurt every other day. So there really wasn't a bona fide ace that you knew every fifth day he was going to get that W. Now the Yankees have one. And the fact that Pettit was so involved in this signing, being a guy who pitched in New York for a long, long time, I think just two seasons out of his entire career, because he played two or three years at the Astros, all so it was Yankees. One World Series, pitched in big games, clinching games in postseason and World Series games. So he knows how to win. I'm sure telling stories of champagne celebrations with Jeter, Posada, oh, Rivera. Yeah. You know, even A. Rod and the parades and being now like Pettit's not a Hall of Famer, right? People say he might be, but he's not borderline. He's a 19 game winner in the postseason, though. He knows how to win in the postseason. It's true. Always so that. Must have helped out. Also, the contract, money wise, is huge too. Oh, but definitely. Had it talking to him and and telling him about the stories about winning his entire career as a Yankee definitely helped.
0: Yeah, elite
1: move by the Yankees bringing him in. The best move. I mean this this was they were so persistent on Cole, just like they were eleven years ago when they signed C. C. Sabathia. That's right. They were all-in focused all efforts that's all they were focused on and once yeah. they got that they got they went on to the next one which was to share and then Br- and then Burnett yep that was the three-headed monster and they want the, they want to reign the next season no that's nine. True. so this could be the step in the right direction is the Yankees need which I think this was the missing piece the offense was there if they get Stanton for a whole year healthy yeah. uh, 130 games plus 130 games 140 games I'll take that dude it's a lot for Stanton, who, you know, when he's healthy and plays every game, he's a top 10 player.
0: Yeah, and he'll put monster numbers, guaranteed.
1: Yeah. Almost had 60 home runs one year, so, like, we, we can see it. But just, you know, there need a lot of things that happen. Stanton needs to be healthy. Judge needs to stay healthy. We saw LeMay, what he can do. Sanchez needs to start off hot because he batted like a buck 20 for the first, like, two months. Yeah, no, he played horrible. Torres played great we'll talk about DD being gone but they have they have pieces but now I had not call was great the contract breakdown though absolutely insane insane number. so this
0: is broken down off of last year's his last year's
1: stats basically yeah and what that would turn into for this for year's the 36 yes. average annual value yeah, yeah. N- uh, Th- these numbers are absolutely crazy i'm like blown away so $9,000 per pitch thrown $9,200 per pitch throw. Per strikeout, $110,000. dollars one hundred ten point four. dollars So, like, that's unbelievable. Then you have $169,500 per inning pitched. And then you have $1 million per start. So, he's not going to get 36 starts this year. Doesn't happen. You want to hear something crazy? Go ahead. He will
0: out-earn fifty percent of American citizens by one strikeout. <laughs> yeah, that makes a hundred percent. That makes so much sense. The, the records I found. This was uh what year? I don't know. Well, whatever year. But it said one half forty nine point nine percent of all income was uh over a hundred, and then the, obviously the other fifty point oh two percent is under. Makes a
1: hundred percent sense. It makes so that's much crazy.
0: Sense. So one point one well, basically one point one mil a start.
1: Yeah. Bro. Now listen to all these other offers from other teams. The Dodgers offered the offer Garrett Cole eight years three hundred million with defers, like deferrals, like where you can just separate into like his later half of his career that's thirty seven
0: and a half mil average annual.
1: And then the Angels offered him just south of three hundred over eight years. Okay. With defers, with deferrals in the contract. Yep, he's a he's a California kid, so going home to L.A. would have been would have made a little, made some sense.
0: Definitely, I mean that was the whole rumor. Everyone
1: was saying he's West Coast guy wants to be in the West Coast. Now people, you know, I, I look. Like, people say, reporters say, insiders, analysts on TV, they say that it could be a one key to bring somebody home. And play for your team play for your your team is that if they live there they're born there they're from there they play college there their high school ball there whatever it does help but when you throw nine years 324 million at you dude you you can go buy your wife a house back at the hometown and then still play for the Yankees that's right I do I do think he said his family is down the move though
0: that they committed I mean why, and why wouldn't you you can go live up in Westchester go live across the river in Jersey and you find beautiful places Light, live in Dumbo Brooklyn oh bro fucking so
1: much money's over there exactly so there's, there's much nice money. places to live there's secluded places to live there's expensive places to live in. Absolutely. obviously he'll have that money dude purchase near me near me in Westchester, yeah. purchase it. Purchase it was. It's unbelievable how rich people are. That's
0: where all the Knicks players live.
1: Yeah, there's Joe Girardi used to live there. Rivera oh, no used to live there. I
0: mean, yeah. yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, honestly, it's either Westchester or right over, you know, like the Hoboken area, right in Jersey.
1: Yeah, so it's a lot of money. So yeah, they'll find a nice place. Maybe they find a nice apartment penthouse in the city. That wouldn't be bad. That so wouldn't be bad either. So what's really interesting though is another thing that could have helped Cole come to New York is that in 2008 he was drafted by the Yankees right out of high school, 28th overall pick. Yep. He decided, I'm not going to sign. I'm going to play at UCLA, me and him and Trevor Bauer. Shove it. They play great in college, go to the College World Series, and then he goes and gets drafted by the Pirates first overall. I'm almost positive first overall. And then he, has his career starts, that has to be another reason why it was a little, they were the front runners. Not because, not only the, the Yankees, the money involved, pet it, but there is a, A prior relationship with Cashman and Garrett Cole. Yes. Absolutely. I love it.
0: That definitely helped.
1: Yeah. Now, look look at that fun stat I put in there.
0: All right. So, Cole's contract is worth more than the GDP, gross domestic product, of four different countries.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous.
0: I mean, I've only heard of one of these countries, but still, we have Palau at 294 million, Marshall Islands, which is the one
1: I've heard of, 204 million,
0: Kiribati, 186 million, and then Tuvalu, 40 million.
1: That was from uh, via PMT Sports Biz. That's Jake Marsh. Yeah, Jake yes, Marsh. Jake Marsh. Yes, from PMT. Um, that's so stupid. And look at the one the other side I put onto that too. Oh, Cole
0: costs a million dollars less than Angel Stadium and the 133 acres of land surrounding it.
1: What? That's how rich he is. That's wild. Wild, dude. It's a lot sure, of money, bro. It's a lot of money. Now let's go into the other guy who got signed off this this past week, and I did predict that would get signed in winter meetings. I did predict that. I know it's not a freaking amazing prediction, <laughs> but I just I gotta just give my credit where credits due. Strasburg rejoins the Nationals. He signs an eye popping. At the time I wrote this, the day of his signing, I was like eye popping. This is amazing. Seven years, two hundred forty five million. No, and then. <laughs> Called blows it out of the water. Oh yeah! So now he's the second richest MLB, MLB pitcher of all time. His average annual value is at thirty-five million from from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty-six. Uh, this is the this is the awesome stat right here: eleven point four million each year deferred with one percent simple interest, which is a total of eighty million total deferred. Genius. The deferrals will be paid in the first three years that after the contract expires. I love it. So he retires, right? So he retires in 2026. Yep. He's, uh, what is he, 31 right now? He's 31 right now, yeah. So he's... 38? That, yeah, that's pretty much you're done with your your career. Yeah, Where'd exactly. You're, going? you're making a boatload of money after you're done. Which is where team players, I think, are going to start to do more and more now. When they're seeing guys that the career ends and you know they're not they're not making the two forty five, they're making maybe the twenty. Yep, and maybe they'll do some defers at the end of that contract and make some money while you're trying to find work on TV or radio or exactly whatever. after
0: life after baseball.
1: Right. So, I think the biggest thing that helped him get this contract was the World Series it had a lot to do with it. Definitely, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, everyone And the in, season, too, honestly. The season was great, too. I mean, everyone in the industry was expecting a contract like this just from Cole. They weren't expecting a, a gigantic contract like this for Strasburg. But the regular season, like you said, regular season and postseason, huge. 18 wins in the regular season. When you combine playoffs and regular season together, 23 wins, which is the first in Major League Baseball. 245 innings. A whip almost under one. And... Is thirty percent K rate when uh, during this season and in the World Se- in the postseason? He did five wins, including that huge win in the World Series. Won the World Series MVP. Thirty-six innings pitched. ERA was in the or in the low ones. That's what's called a horse. That's Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was like that in the World Series and postseason. You couldn't hit him. So, and I mean they're they're talking about that postseason run is one of the most dominant postseason runs ever talking about you know like Bumgarner's fair. Bumgarner's fair. career is is better almost yeah, better than Rivera's yeah, yeah, yeah. If you really think about it but he has a full no trade clause in this in this contract and the incentives are up the wazoo so what do you think about this this signing i mean
0: a good signing coming what 10 years ago when he blew out his arm he had to have tommy john and obviously he was so hyped up before yeah, the, he was that even that in the first start,
1: 14 strikeouts.
0: Yeah. As, and then, obviously, he has Tommy John, a little down years. And then just to come back and get the second biggest contract for a pitcher ever in MLB history,
1: I mean, amazing. Scott, Scott and- Boris said it that told Rizzo, the GM, Mike Rizzo, you have to like have an innings living with him early on Yep. or there's not going to be a career. And he, he said it in the press conference. He's like, look, that shutting down him him early on in his first two seasons, First worked. year or two worked big time. Well, look at his incentives, though. His Incentives are great. MVP and Cy Young; these are the same exact incentives. If you win the award, five hundred thousand. Second Ooh. place, two fifty. Third, one fifty. Fourth, one hundred thousand. Fifth place, seventy five k. Damn. And the World Series MVP again. You win two hundred fifty k. All Star Gold Glove, Silver slug You, win, you get one hundred thousand dollars. So he's gonna win. He's gonna get a lot of All Stars. Right? Oh, well, MVP's, not even he's not, he's, the, the the. It's very rare to see a pitcher. MVP. He'll have to
0: have another season like he did this season to get in that top five. Of the MVP votes to get some money. And still, it's only 75 k Right. But Always. I think the Cy Young and the All-Star, that's where he's going to make a lot of that side money.
1: I think the real All-Star, though, of this whole thing is Scott Boris.
0: Not even a question. I think it's... Man has gone off. this
1: off-season. Off. So And it's been what? Three oh, days of signings? Yeah. So Mustakis was signed. Or I think it was late last week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was the first one. Yeah. Sixty-four million. Then Strasburg and Cole the past two days. That's three guys that he owned. That he has clients. Those three clients, his biggest clients. Not Rendon's this bigger client than Mustakis. Yeah. But those three clients signed a total of six hundred and thirty-three million dollars by themselves. Just those three guys. That's ridiculous. And He's- Still Has big names left. Oh, yeah. Rendon, Ryu,
0: Castellanos, and Keichel. It's rumored so far he's made 40 mil in commission this offseason. Dude. From those three contracts. And Rendon's, he's about to get 200 mil. Ryu will get probably one, 150. Castellanos might even get a hundred million dollar contract.
1: I can see Castellanos, Ryu, and Rendon getting a hundred million. Maybe may Castellanos. Oh, well, I mean, no, Rendon's getting oh, over like two. Yeah, two upwards of two, to maybe three. Actually, after we talk about, I want to talk Rendon for a sec. You don't, or you do? No, I do. Okay, go. Uh,
0: so he's he's come out and basically said like, once I hit thirty five, like I'm done. Yeah. Like he basically he honestly like, last season or two seasons ago he came out and was like I don't even I don't even really like baseball. It's here for the money. And so he's saying I want out at thirty five, but right now Boris is trying to get him a seven or eight year contract.
1: He was offered a seven year deal right before. I want to see the World Series or the NLDS, and that would take him to age thirty eight. So,
0: do you think that could backfire on him contract
1: wise? I, I, you know what, it might a little bit, but once that that check and that that piece of paper comes in front of him and yeah. sees the total, a grand total of like two eighty over eight years. Ooh. He'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck that! I'll I'll just the those last three years. I'll just drag it out for the Nationals. Yeah. I'll drag it out for the Rangers or, or whatever. Just
0: retire and pull a an rod, and you know, get some uh, cut well, some of that money down and get it deferred, and then you make it a little extra money. when you Maybe you're I mean
1: out. I mean look, Rendon's gonna get a he was offered two fifteen, two twenty during the postseason. Wow. <laughs> Just from the Nats. Now open Just market. Just from the Nats. Open market. So the Rangers got a lot of money on the table. Yep. Dodgers are want to be involved. And so do the Nationals. Now, like Castellanos doubles machine. I think he almost hit 60 doubles this year. He was traded from the Tigers to the Cubs. And Cubs, he absolutely exploded. I can see him getting maybe 80 to $100 million. Maybe because wow. okay. he's a young guy. I think he's in his mid-20s right now. Uh, late twenties, Ryu was the ERA title. He had the ERA title for ninety percent of the year. Yeah, he had a great year. He'll get all hundred million dollars. And Keuchel, he signed a one year, eight million dollar deal at the halfway point of last year. I could see him maybe getting, um, I don't know, a three year deal, four year deal worth fifty million. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Fifty sixty. Former Cy Young Award, but the thing is, Boris is gonna his those those guys are gonna have a grand total of like over a billion dollars worth of contracts. Contracts. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I so that mean, he's gonna That's make so over much a, money. He's gonna make over a hundred million.
0: Oh, easily, yeah. Especially if he's taking what four, six, something like that percent wise. Absolutely, so, absolutely ridiculous. Let's get into some of the winners and losers from these signings. True. Winners easy. Madison Bumgarner, right off the bat. Rumors stirred that he was going to be a, he was going to get a five year, hundred million dollar contract this season. Seems like it could actually happen. He is up there in age, but obviously he has like the postseason performance to back it up.
1: Right. Uh, the his rival team that he when he was playing with the Giants, the Dodgers, are in some talks with him right now. I would say that's a nice fit. You add him with. Kershaw and Baumgartner, which they always had a great rivalry together, friendly rivalry. And then you have Bueller, and maybe they sign Ryu back, which I think they should. It's like they, you know what? It's funny. How old do you think Baumgartner is? Baumgartner's probably, if
0: I had to guess, I would say like probably like 32, 33. He's
1: 29. What? From what I remember, he's 29 years old. He, no way. What? He feels so, I feel like he's so yeah, old. Yeah, that's bro. exactly what I said. Same age as Zach Wheeler. Yeah, confirm. He's still thirty. Thirty, same age as Zach Wheeler. Wow. Yeah, and Zach Wheeler got over a hundred million dollars over five. Oh, so he's gonna get that easy? Easy, easy. Especially with all the numbers. I don't going personally. Up right now. I don't think he's worth a hundred million dollars. Postseason wise, y'all yeah, I'll pick you up on free agency in September. Yeah. yeah, that's personally me. Okay. So, um, losers after these two big signings for Strasburg and Cole, the New York Mets are one team that are big losers. They're rumored to go maybe get after a start on Marte in a trade. They got Jake Marizic in a trade recently. They lost Zach Wheeler. So they're there. They need a rotation spot. They do have Degrom, Stras, um, uh, Strasburg, Syndergaard, Stroman, and the Mats is are fourth starter. And they're looking for a five, you know, I, I don't think they were involved, but I think they sh- they should have a shot with Strasburg, at least, not Cole. Um the Braves signed Cole Hamels. the the Nationals are just re-signed Strasburg. Like, like the Mets are just losing out on pitching. You know, like there is Ryu left, there's Keiko left, so we don't know which side the Mets are gonna go. Um I would say that San Diego Padres, their fans are losers today. They're Ooh, pissed. okay. Okay. Strasburg is a hometown kid of San Diego. Played college at San Diego State. That was one team that was rumored to signing him. Did not get it. And we also wrote the – we talked about before the Angels lost out on Cole, which was – it was the Yankees and Angels. Dodgers came in like within the – like the last hours coming in as as a team that could have been favorites. But the Angels lost out on Cole – that's another loser um, I can't really think of any other losers or winners You can say Cashman was a winner And a loser Cashman won the 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 Garrett Cole sweepstakes Also lost because he spent Fucking $324 million on a pitcher Who's been pitching every fifth day
0: And as of right now They're
1: $50 million into the luxury tax So now to We're, we're about to go off to the DD signing But with the Cole signing How much do you like it? As a Yankee fan do you like the nine years, three twenty four? I don't. Okay. Well. I, personally, I think it's too long. I don't. I
0: mean, this is just me. I, I would assume they're going to backload the contract, at, just because it makes sense, cap wise, luxury tax wise. So if they backloaded even a touch, he's going to make it be making like forty mil in his age thirty eight season.
1: But you know, like, look, um, we're watching MLB networks are on TV right now, and the question is, was it worth it for CC seven years, one sixty-one? I mean, because they got a World Series, right? So, yeah. So it's, I mean, th- that definitely. I I like the
0: option. after the fifth team. year that he can opt out. I hope he opts out because I do not think years six, seven, and eight, are- and, uh, and nine are going to be worth you know nearly forty million dollars a year. Hopefully, it is. But I just.
1: I I hope he opts out. I like the deal. I, I hope lo- he opts out. I love the deal, and I I like. Th- See, I'm 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 a guy that doesn't like the years either. I don't like how it's nine years. I don't. The money is the money is there because you have to. You had to put three twenty four. That's the only way they're going to get him. That's the only way because you had the Angels and then you had the Dodgers coming out of nowhere that we're going to resign him. We you know the Astros weren't going to play at all into this. So those are really two teams and the Dodgers came out of nowhere. They had to throw the money out there at three twenty four. I was thinking I was seeing on Twitter, Yankee fans and non Yankee fans were saying three twenty four is way too much for a guy pitching every fifth day. I agree. It's way too much. But it needed to happen. The years wise, I would have loved it just as a six year three hundred and twenty four million. You fucking put all this money up. On every year, it gets like the third the, the, to like the forty fifty range, where it's a shit ton of money. But
0: I'd, I'd rather be paying forty million dollars for a guaranteed quality than taking the risk of. I agree. I agree. You know, down they, the road. But,
1: but you know what? He's looking. He's looking for security.
0: Oh, 100 percent. And all in all, this is what the Yankees needed.
1: So I'm happy. Yes, the Yankees needed this. So let's go off to the Didi Gregorius, RIP. So long, sweet prince. He is he is he is knighted.
0: He is yeah. Oh, he is he's knighted.
1: definitely knighted. I mean, he you know he wasn't
0: you know a ten year vet on the Yanks or anything, but, he but his was definitely, time
1: there, his time there was good though.
0: Definitely, All you could stars. tell he was an instant like locker room guy. Yes, absolutely. Just I, he honestly, Dee has that like that like Yankees vibe. You know when you look at classic Yankees like Jeter and you know you go on for on, but honestly obviously Jeter just comes to mind right first he just has that that mentality he has that clutch factor in him the team leader exactly everyone he, likes him he had everything he, he honestly for with, with his time with the Yankees he was the perfect yankee couldn't have asked for anything more and honestly perfect transition from Jeter into you know probably Glaber now taking over
1: well i know i had a very strong opinion about Didi not going to succeed oh, in taking over him? Jeter. Absolutely. Because okay. he was with the Reds and then the Diamondbacks yep. as kind of a defensive shortstop. Very small sample size. They take... Cashman gets him from the D-backs for, and it just felt like that. It was just alright, we're going to throw him in and just see what happens. Now, I, I was listening to Girardi and the fan talking about that first year, mm-hmm. that first month, he was batting under two hundred, trying way too hard. Say, hey, look, do your thing. You're our guy. You're our shortstop. And right from then on, he became a great fit. Now he's going to be a great fit for that Phillies that Phillies lineup. Now, oh, big time. Seguros. Gonna, they lost. Um, I think Michael Franco from third base, and they yep. lost Caesar Hernandez to free agency. I am going to say that they're going to move Segura to second, and they're going to have Didi a short. But in the middle of that lineup now, with Harper and McCutcheon will come back from the DL, and then you have um, you have um, Reese Hoskins, DD, Segura, those four guys in the middle of the lineup with Real Muto. Great lineup, I think it's a great fit, and also playing your old manager too also works. For one year, fourteen million, I think it's pretty good.
0: Definitely. I feel like Girardi was a big reason he signed there, too.
1: Huge. Very huge. Very, very, very very important.
0: Let's get into the first mm-hmm. ever all MLB teams. I love this. Me, too. Just I mean, just like NFL, just like NBA, I absolutely love it. So, for the first team, you want to run through all the guys or just the standouts? Some shocks?
1: Yeah, we'll do some standouts. You know, the standouts, of course, first team, you have the two MVPs, Trout and Ballinger. In the outfield, and then Yelich as the, th- the third outfielder. Um, shocked Kirby Yates. I n- forgot how amazing he was because the two guys who won the the reliever of the year, Josh Hader and Chapman. Chapman was the second teamer. Hader won the net uh, one and got into the first team. But Kirby Yates, one one nine ERA and forty one saves as the Padres team that wasn't that great. It, like it feels like he saved
0: team. every single one of those wins. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Our boy LeMay who made it.
0: Oh, so happy.
1: Alonzo well made deserved. it. Um, I was pretty pissed that Nair Nile did not get on. I know Rendon had an MVP type season. You know, I'm just, I guess I'm just favored it over Rendon. It's my guy. Definitely. Anybody shocked you from this first team? <laughs> did I not make um, it? I did my voting. I, I voted. I actually did it.
0: Oh, you voted? I so did. it was 50% fan vote and 50% like a media writer vote. Correct. And my list. Was a little off. Who'd you have that wasn't on here?
1: I had Mitch Garver at second, not second, a catcher. That was me playing favorites there. Definitely, but he he did have a good season. 31 home runs. Yeah, most home runs as a catcher for tw- in Twins history. Um, who else did I have in here? I had Chapman in, and I had Jack Flaherty. Okay. Who was what is Strasburg. So the rest of it, I was right. Oh no, I had Gleber Torres at short, and it was it was Bogart. Yeah, Bogart had a hell of a year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So the second team, you had guys like Bregman, who made the made it as the third baseman. Alfield, Acuna, Soto, Betts. Um, Chapman didn't make it. He made it. Uh, my boy Jack Flaherty made that. Grandall, who just signed a huge deal with the White Sox, he made it. But I still believe that. I think Aaron now is a guy who got snubbed out. Um, what do you think about this overall? Do you like the format? Do you think there should be a, a, a third team like the NBA does? I
0: think there should be a third. It would just third. open it up a little more and kind of get more people involved. Mm-hmm. Um but overall, I, I love the just the concept of it and then bringing it in because it is even, you know, it's, it might be something minor, but also it's another thing that teams can start working into incentive deals. Something cool for the fans,
1: yeah. It, absolutely, I didn't really think about that. That's Be- definitely a way to make some extra money.
0: Because for the NBA, if you're looking to get a max contract, you have to finish like with certain stats or get an All NBA.
1: Like Anthony e. Towns didn't get it.
0: Exactly, just like that. So like, I feel like that's you know teams are going to start using this as an extra addition for the incentive. So I think that's pretty cool. Help you know
1: make some more money for people. Yeah, I, I think it's just. You know, add, a, add extra hardware to your, you know, trophy case. Exactly. That's right. Some extra trophies. Yeah. Um. And some quick side notes here. We'll just skim by these real fast since we have a bunch of the show we still have to talk about. The MLB draft, which is always held in Secaucus at the MLB Network Studios in New Jersey, will actually be moved to Omaha where the College World Series is next year's draft. I think that's a lot better. You know, all the college kids and high school kids know how important College World Series is in Omaha, Nebraska. Thought it was pretty cool. And Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons have been elected uh, from the Veterans, the Modern Era Committee, excuse me, to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Just squeaked in. Just squeaked in. So, Marvin Miller, if you don't know who he is, he created free agency. He was also Major League Baseball Players Association. He led that from 1966 to 1982, a time when players gained the right for free agency. After six seasons of big league service to, sal- to salary arbitration and, gr- and other arbitration deals, he led the union through five work stoppages. Ooh, wow! And was an advisor during three or more after he retired. So the guy is revolutionary, rev- revolutionized the sport. Yeah. And supposedly it was a great human being, great guy, great baseball head mind. And then Ted Simmons was a catcher for eight, for, for 21 big league seasons, eight-time All-Star, switch-hitting catcher, about 285, 284 home runs, and had 1,300 RBIs. Great numbers for a catcher. Yeah, for a catcher, not bad. I think it's pretty good to get in. the. Um, it's like the home runs aren't really there. I think it was like the... I, I guess it's the ten, like the amount of years he played. Twenty one,
0: yeah, probably the years that those eight All Stars definitely help, and then two eighty
1: five batting average. Yeah, and will. then you know this is the modern era committee, and there's, I think there's the veterans committee. So there's all these different committees to get you into the Hall, and except for the regular way, because um, it's hard to make it. And guys like Dwight Evans was just short. Dave Parker, Steve Garvey, Lou Whitaker was just short of this getting in. Um, like Steve Garvey and Dave Parker were good players, but they weren't. They're not Hall of Fame players. Like if they got into the Hall of Fame, that's ridiculous. I think that's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, that's fair enough. Opinion. All right, let's get into NFL now. Spygate 2.0, but is it isn't really Spygate? So the Patriots say their video crew filmed the sideline during the Bengals Browns game. New England Patriots acknowledged that their production crew. Inappropriately filmed the field and sideline during Sunday's game between the Bengals and Browns in Cleveland, and accept full responsibility in the statement released on Monday night. You know the crew was the crew was like was given sideline passes to shoot video for their Patriots web series called "Do Your Job." Great, it's great. I think I haven't watched. I have never watched. I like it. it. I think it's. I mean, cool concept. I mean, the Patriots did not inform the Bengals, but informed the Browns. Yeah, because the Browns were home. So they got the press credentials from the Browns. In all reality, they,
0: they only needed to get it from the Browns because at the Browns Stadium, it probably would have been nice to like let the Bengals know, like, hey, yeah. we're here doing you know our media thing and we're not going right. to you know, do any do anything a little suspect.
1: You know, They said that the sole purpose of the filming was to provide an illustration of an advanced scout at work on the road. The Patriots' statement read, there was no intention of using the footage for any other purpose. Do you really think... I'm just saying this out loud. I already know it's a no. Do you really think the Patriots need to film on the Bengals? Fuck no. No, but for one win. From what I heard from
0: my sources is they filmed the hand signs of the Bengals defense for eight minutes straight.
1: Hand signs from the coaching staff?
0: Yeah, so for defense... Each obviously defensive part You have the defensive line The linebackers And then the secondary They each have their own coach Right And when they obviously You know defense doesn't really Huddle too much They kind of know what they're running Whether it's a 3-4 A cover 2 That kind of thing Right But the position coach Will give out hand signals To let them know Like oh look for this Do this You line up here You gotta you know Absolutely. Cover deep back So that's a little suspect Obviously it's the Bengals A little sus A little sus That's right So but it's the Bengals like you're saying, does it really matter? But I do think it was a little suspect. You really think it's suspect? I'm convinced.
1: You are really convinced. I'm very convinced. How? So. The, the team Bengals have nothing to win. That they, they have nothing to freaking play for. It's not like back in Spygate in 2007 when the Patriots covered the Jets' practice. And that's when the Jets and... Patriots were actually I mean, Patriots have always been, always been legit, but the Jets were actually a legit team, a playoff team during the early the late two thousands. I don't think it has to do with the Bengals. I think it's the Patriots.
0: I think it's just, that's the way Belichick operates. He over analyzes and game plans so 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 much that even if the Bengals Even if they're facing the Bengals, I still think he wants that edge.
1: All right, so more about this. The Patriots also said the production crew, which included independent contractors who shot the video, is not part of the New England football operations. Coach Belichick told WEI early Monday that the team's football operations has nothing to do with the production side and their and that their scouts know the rules about what you can't film at games. Here's a quote from Belichick. They 100% know. All of our scouts, all of our video people, and everything, they know what that is, Belichick said. Again, I have nothing to do with that TV production show, shows, and stuff like that. I have no idea what they do or what their projects are and everything else. Okay, I, Bill. I honestly believe it. Do you know who the
0: production team is? Kraft Productions, owned by Robert Kraft. I know. The but same production team that was caught in the original SpyGate.
1: You know had that you know you know who had that information like the very first person? No. It was Jake Glazer. Like he was one who like I mean, I'm not surprised. He's in so he many had, inner circles. He had like this in, he had all the information and I think he had the footage. And he was getting like Threats from people saying like you need to have fork it over, you need to hand it over. Damn, and he was like waiting on it. That's what I. That's what I've listened to. I mean, um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. Shout he, out PMT. He's that kind of guy. Shout out PMT. <laughs> um, but I really think it's not that big of a deal. Like this was a complete accident. They're doing this show. Look, if you re- look from your standpoint, from your side of it, it's a great cover up. Great cover. It is up. a good cover up. Very good yeah. cover up. They're getting work out of it, but they're also getting signs. You can definitely look at it that way. I really think that this is strictly just an accident. Should there have been more um, conversation and communication between those three teams altogether? Absolutely. I really think it's nothing to worry about. Okay. I'm still not
0: convinced, so we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, the the facts are going to come out eventually. I think so. But, but, I mean, like you were saying in the beginning of this, like, it's the one with Mangles. It's the one with Mangles. Well, let's continue
1: with some Browns talk right now. Odell Beckham not so happy with the Cleveland Browns. He's having his worst statistical year when it comes to being healthy, full season, we're not talking about his injury-filled season where he played a handful of games. Talking about healthy, full seasons, this is his worst statistical year. You can tell he's clearly not happy. He, You can see last game versus the Bengals, he's not in the huddle in certain plays. He's off ready to go, set up for his route, and you have the rest of the offense in the huddle trying to get a play done trying to win that game which they did. You've seen him talk to Jimmy G after games. He's basically telling people like, "Yo, let's link up, you know, get me out of here." So, is it something to worry about if you're a, if you're a Browns fan? It's definitely something to worry about. He's saying like, "Yo, know, it's a bunch of bullshit, you know, it's don't worry, don't, don't look into it like that. Don't this
0: Did that. he did he not say the same exact thing when he was with the Giants? Yeah the same exact thing. He said, he said the same exact thing and then they paid the man and then he was like, all right, I'm out.
1: But did, you, did he really want out or was that just Gettleman k- k- getting him out of there? No, I think he wanted out. Yeah, it was a big, I think it was a mixed bag. I think it was because I think he was liking Saquon. And-
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. But where where do you think this goes?
1: Do you think this is actually serious? Do you think he's actually going to get moved? <sighs> It's weird because he's playing with his best friend Jarvis Landry, right? He's and Landry's having a decent year. He's you can tell he's definitely getting more looks than than Odell is. Well, I mean, which makes sense. He was there. He has more chemistry with Baker, right? But also Beckham is better than Landry, so it's it's just it's weird. Maybe the relationship with Baker and Odell hasn't hit yet on the field. It seems like off the field they're pretty chill. They're cool together, from what we see. We don't see behind the scenes, but it it's looking like from what the reports are coming out that this is, could be very serious. Like, imagine him in golden red next year for the Niners. I mean, imagine I'm cool. Jimmy G isn't—he's he, in his thirties, like he's thirty. He isn't a young pup, but cool. but you have you have what?
0: I was like, according to Yahoo Sports. Apparently, a team in Northern California that has a chance to make it to the Super Bowl this year has issued a request to the
1: Browns. When's the trade deadline? I think it already passed. It already passed, but yeah. obviously off season. Yeah, so imagine him with Emmanuel Sanders, Kittle, um, and Jimmy G. That's an offense that can absolutely go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, they have the defense. And they have the defense. So, look, there's, there are a Super Bowl contend- they're a potential Super Bowl contending team right now. But adding Odell next year could make it even easier for her. Definitely. But is it is it really going to happen? We don't know. I really hope that there is a situation where this resolves and the Browns can actually be good with Baker, Landry, Odell, Um, Kareem Hunt, and um, which I now I'm forgetting the last running back's name, oh, Nick Chubb, and when a joke comes back next year, they have a ridiculous amount of firepower in that offense. But can it work out? There's a lot of hotheads. There's a lot of egos in that roster. So that was the main problem going into this year was, is Odell going to be happy not being the center of attention, not being the number one guy, which he should be the number one guy there offensively, but he, there's other guys that are getting more better options. So there could be an issue where this could be serious and actually happen in the offseason. I hope he just stays where he is and just... I don't leave. know, you want him to stay there because Baker... Yeah, I want Baker to have 35 touchdowns a year. He has 16 interceptions this year. Yeah, that's not great. It's horrible. Let's actually talk about the Niners. And Jimmy G. Let's get into Week 14 games. Jimmy G goes off against the NFC South champs. New Orleans Saints, final 48-46. It was a bloodbath. This was the highest scoring this is the highest scoring game for the Saints when it comes to getting a loss. Like they never lost scoring 46 points before.
0: It, well, when I think you, you know, a shootout with the Saints, I'm thinking Drew Brees taking that home throwing five touchdowns. You
1: know, I am talking to some friends over the weekend and I'm, we see this matchup. I thought this was Saints all day because you know, how hard it is to win against Brees in the Superdome very very hard his extremely whole career extremely hard extremely hard i don't care if you're the patriots it's so freaking hard to play drew Brees in the dome because he's freaking unbelievable there yep. so it's maybe the game of the year um the niners have played a couple great games this year the niners seahawks game was game of the one of the games of the year but jimmy g had an amazing performance 349 yards four touchdowns one interception manuel sanders had a great fantasy day 157 yards receiving a touchdown, and had himself a 35-yard touchdown pass, which he's only, I think, record. I think he's only thrown three touchdown passes, three passes in his career. Okay. And the game finished off with a Robbie Gold game-winning field goal to end as time expired. Now the 49ers are in, in, in pole position to capture that top seed in the NFC playoffs. The 49ers had the best record in the conference uh, after Seattle's 10-3 loss against the Rams on some of that football which we'll get into but the the most exciting part there was the game when he field goal was Kittle with the catch and run at, of the year amazing amazing 39 yard reception took two guys with him for about I don't know 15 yards 10 yards brings me back
0: to when I was like uh, I worked as like basically like a gym teacher and like I would play basketball with the kids. Oh, I
1: remember this, yeah. Remember. And they would
0: just literally like jump onto me and like drag me as I was trying to dribble. That's pun- exactly what it looked
1: like. You're punching kids, get off me.
0: <laughs> no, that was amazing though. He was just throwing stiff off the one guy, I think he probably ran 15, 20 yards, with the guy grabbing onto him and he just kept
1: boom, 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 pushing him
0: away. It was awesome.
1: Okay, so you have all these amazing tight ends that have come out of the NFL. You have had you have had Gronk and Tony Gonzalez and you know, if you had, you know, um Antonio Gates. Yep. Um, uh, What's his name from Dallas? Uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten. And there's a lot of tight ends I'm not mentioning either. And there's, do you think he can get to that point where he's can be better than the rest? So the difference with, like, Tony Gonzalez and I don't, Kittle. Tony Gonzalez is one of the best offensive receivers of all time, right? Yeah. He arguably the best tight end of all time. He really wasn't the best blocking tight end. Definitely not. Kittle does both. Kittle does both, and Kittle does both very well. And the blocking tight end part is huge. I mean, there was a lot of runs that happened over this past weekend against in this game where Kittle was the, initiated the making of the hole yep. with a great block. A lot Just like the- Gronk. Gronk has always been a very willing blocker. I think towards the last couple and towards the
0: last couple of years, yeah. But I mean, when you compare him to guys like Jimmy Graham, Travis Kelsey, who are you know mo- most of the time lining up out wide, lining up on the slot, not you know right. in the
1: trenches and on the line. Like Delaney Walker's another good receiver where he's also an nice black blocking tight end, and I think that's what's missing in the NFL is that can you have a, a dual threat. In the sense, dual threat, where it comes to blocking and receiving as yeah. a tight end, I think he is the guy. I think he's. I would rather have him than. I don't. Know, this might be even crazy to say, rather him than him than Kelsey. Like Travis Kelsey is freaking ridiculous. He, I mean, he is ridiculous, but he's just a big wide receiver. Right.
0: You. I. I mean, like you said, we we want guys playing tight end who can line up on the line and throw a block, and also line out wide and run a quality route.
1: Right, and he is a. Big personality, too, which I love that he is great team player. He is one of those guys that, you know, you want you by your side in a bar fight. Definitely. Like, definitely. Without a doubt. So this was a huge game. and Another huge game was Drew Brees. Five touchdowns, no picks. Your boy, Michael Thomas, isn't human. He's a monster, bro. 134 monster. yards. Another amazing game with 11 receptions and a touchdown. I mean, seriously, he's like he could get like MVP considerations from what he's doing this year.
0: I mean, he's probably the next NFL jersey I'm getting. Oh, uh, dude, I, I mean Right. Would
1: you guys college or get the NFL?
0: No, I get the NFL.
1: Yeah, he is he is stupid good. He's he's one of my favorite receivers too. Yeah, oh,
0: he's he's a monster. He's huge. He has a wild catch radius. He's
1: right, boss. Let's get into the very first loss at home since 2017 for the Patriots. They lost to Kansas City 425 game. 23-16 final. Mahomes and Brady didn't have their best games, but it was just enough to beat the Patriots. Brady was 19-36 for 169, a touchdown and a pick. There's no running game for this offense for, I don't know, the entire year. You no. Sir Michelle has had a horrible sophomore year. James White, 33 yards. Your receiving core—it's Edelman, and that's it. Edelman was ninety-five yards receiving. Muhammad Snoo had one catch for thirteen. Jacoby Myers couldn't catch a damn ball. No. So, the real question is—is—is that—is this a serious decline as we're as what we're witnessing this past year for Brady? I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen him get booed at home. He was getting booed on national television. I think it's more than Brady. Is it receiving core?
0: <laughs> I think it's the offense. Just the whole Whether it's, I mean, the line is decimated. If you compare it to the last year or two, they've lost a lot of guys. They have injuries at the receiving core. I mean, they pretty much, like you said, only have Edelman. Myers hasn't shown anything. Sanu just got back. He only got one target last game. Nikhil Harry's still working back from that injury. Obviously, the defense had no receptions. Play. Yeah, so I think I think it's. I don't think it's Tom Brady. I think it's the offense.
1: The fact that the Patriots fans were booing him at home. They got so robbed too though. Yeah, there were some there were some calls absolutely. Big, like that
0: touchdown? Yeah. That should uh, who was it? I think Jacoby Myers. Should have won was It was Myers my or touchdown.
1: Harry. I don't know who it was.
0: Nikhil Harry. That's what it was. Because Myers, his only catch was on that trick play when uh, Brady flipped it to James
1: White. Yeah, and James and White was right, the right 35 pass. yards. Right. Yeah. And that Harry was 100% in.
0: 100% in, but the Patriots didn't have any challenges left. So they couldn't challenge They couldn't challenge the play, and that was just, you know, one of the classic NFL screwing
1: them. I think there is. It's like remember last year I said, oh, I don't think Brady and the Patriots would go to the Super Bowl. And they fucking did. It's hard for me to say that Brady, It should you should worry about Brady this to the next couple weeks. They're in a spot now where they could not win the AFC East. Bills. The Bills, Bills are there. I mean, it's going to come down to a
0: dogfight. Patriots have coming up. Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. And then the Bills, who are 9-4, one game under the Patriots, they have the Steelers, Patriots,
1: and Jets. So for the Patriots, there's two 100% wins there, and that Bills game is the deciding factor of who's going to really get that AFC East. Now the Bills are playing the Steelers. The Steelers are scrapping and trying to get into the playoffs. If the Bills went out, they get they have the AFC East that's incredible because the they'll, they'll beat
0: this because they're 9 and 4 right now. So if they win out, that'll make them 12 and 4. If the Patriots win out, oh no, the, if the Patriots win two of their games and then lose to the Bills, that'll make them the same record as the Bills and then the Bills obviously have the tiebreaker.
1: Right. I mean, the last time the, the Patriots didn't win a division title was the one the Jets were playing.
0: No, and that's huge because yeah. especially with the way the offense has been playing, they need home field advantage. Without a doubt.
1: Without a doubt. So there is, there is some nervous Patriots fans around the country right now, and I th- think it's time to get a little worried. The Bills can come up and still play well. I think it's time to, like, open your eyes, dude. I really think so. I'm not calling it yet. I'm not calling it yet. If it's if it's after that Bill, oh, I want the Bills if to win If it was so the Bills,
0: then, I mean, I'm going to have a hard time saying you know anything right. otherwise but one more side note from this game what did you think of Patrick Mahomes' brother oh my god dude so he put out a TikTok that I think Barcel Sports is the first one to really repost yeah. and it absolutely blew up a just weird TikTok of him like all right for those of you who don't know TikTok it's a new social media platform not not new it's probably been around for a year it used to be called musically but they changed the name to TikTok and oh, I didn't know that yeah it was probably two years ago I think it came out but no one ever used it until they made it TikTok um, but it's you record quick videos with like music over the videos and it's people dancing doing skits out like that but so he did like a seductive kind of dance on God, it it was horrible it was very shirtless too very, yeah shirtless
1: very cringe cringeworthy he was doing it for the ladies apparently no muscle so- definition whatsoever <laughs> So he, I think we have more muscle definition. <laughs> We're kind of out of shape here, kids.
0: I mean, Taylor, today was my third day in the gym, so we'll That's see. That's what I'm saying, dude.
1: That's what I'm saying. Get fucking ripped, kid. That's so what I'm I, saying.
0: I got to perform better on that 40 time next time we run it. That's I leg day I today, baby. I know. Um, but, uh, Leg day. No, it was that was very cringeworthy. And then after the fact, he wouldn't shut up on Twitter. No, he was going he at wouldn't. Patriots fans all day. It was great. And
1: then he was on the sideline of the game. And get yeah. another one.
0: You made another TikTok after yeah, after they He's won. He's like,
1: tag me at me next time. Yeah. So fucking really weird. <laughs> really weird. Let's get to the Seattle Seahawks versus the Rams. Now this game was pretty interesting. So the Rams legit trucked through and dominated this dominated from the get go. Early seven seven to three Uh, lead in the first quarter and then it blew open with a 14 nothing lead in the second quarter jerry Goff had an amazing first half overall the game he played great 293 yards passing two touchdowns and just two picks a rare kind of off night for russell wilson didn't seem like anything was kind of clicking really dk metcalf was the only Option four, maybe a little tire lock. I guess you want to say forty-three yards is good, but Metcalf with seventy-eight yards is really the only viable option for the Seattle offense. I mean, their only touchdown was defensive touchdown, right? Pick six by Quadre Diggs and Tyler Higby. You don't know him, you should. Big boy Uh, had a day, one hundred sixteen yards receiving, and you had Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. The thing is, is what really really was nice to see was Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, who I'm I going to look up just to make sure. I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it, won't, it makes sense. He has a total of 721 yards rushing. That's 16th in the NFL. He hasn't eclipsed 1,000 yards yet, but has he ever had 1,000 yards rushing at all this season in any game? No, he's come close against the Bears. 100. Yeah, you said a thousand. Sorry, a hundred. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I don't think that's said a thousand. mad numbers kid. Yeah, so he's never reached a hundred yards rushing for the season. For the season in a single game, he's come very close twice, three times actually. Week one against the Panthers, he rushed for ninety-seven yards. Then all the way against the, in November seventeenth against the Bears, ninety-seven, and then on December first. 95 yards, but these the last two weeks, Rams fans are starting to see that maybe we're getting Todd Gurley back. 95 yards rushing against the, the Cardinals and a touchdown, and then this past weekend on Sunday night football, 79 yards rushing and one touchdown. That's the only way I think the Rams can sneak in.
0: If he, goes, if he starts playing like old Todd Gurley?
1: Yes. What, are they? they're 8-5 and five right now? Let
0: me try to confirm that.
1: Yes, eight and five Third in the NFC West NFC West is a tough division, man Tough with Seattle and San Francisco Yeah So their wild card playoff Yeah, they're fighting for that second wild card spot Basically yeah. at this point Yeah that it, Look, the, the possibility is, is I think pretty high But with Gurley Picking it up some steam Slowly towards the second half And the end of the second half I think it's huge For them to keep it going Now let's talk about the game I went to kids Game I went to Horrible Jets, Dolphins Bought these tickets in August With about 10 of my friends (laughs) Telling me I'm not going to these Jet games anymore man (laughs) It was so freaking cold in the morning I was not dressed appropriately Freezing day You know it said it would be 45 degrees Hey 45 degrees in December I'll take that right Fucking take that Yeah yeah right it was like 32 freezing cold freezing wind up picked up it was nice seeing my friends but the game itself was boring a 22 21 victory I watching this game from home god dude <laughs> jets are, are really trying not to get a good good draft pick this year they're five and eight now dolphins now three and ten ryan Fitzmagic. It was funny watching him play. There were some passes he threw. that were dime passes, and there were some that were horrible. He had 65 yards rushing, which led the team, which I thought was pretty funny. Sam Darnold had a pretty good game. 270 yards passing, 20 of 36, two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson had a day, 117 yards receiving a touchdown, and Demarius Thomas also had a receiving touchdown. But the real kicker, no pun, (laughs) Was the Dolphins' kicker, dude. The Dolphins' kicker. He had a day. Had a fucking day. Jason Sanders. You don't know him? Look him up. Seven of eight. Seven of eight, field goal-wise. He had all the points. He literally had
0: all of their points. He had all 21 points. That's what a Ryan Fitzpatrick quarterback
1: in your team is going to do. Do it yourself. (laughs) <laughs> Go ask for a contract extension after that. Wind was blowing it had a nice gust to it. Nice gust. I don't know if it was left and right or not. I don't know what direction direction, but it had a nice gust to it. It was freezing. Great comeback at the end of that drive. San Darnold led. Oh, we left right after. Like we left probably. Oh, you Eight left minutes, eight minutes oh, left. No. Yeah, it was. We were like, it's cold. They suck. Dolphins were down by a lot, and then the Dolphins started to come back, and then the Jets end up winning. But. The Jets are five and eight now. Their chances of getting like a top ten pick are done. Not I want to say done. It's going to be a, it's going to be that bottom. Of the they're, top. they're
0: stuck in that Knicks middle ground right now. Right Where the, the Knicks, classic Knicks middle ground. I mean, like twelve.
1: A, what like a twelve pick? Yeah, exactly. Real Ex- weird. Exactly. You know that the guys will be like good, but he's not going to be amazing.
0: Exactly. You're not going to get a bona fide superstar. You're getting. Honestly, I'd rather just drop me down in the draft at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I fuck it. I
0: feel like that middle ground is too much of a gamble. Go either way.
1: It's like when we do like the like the fantasy football drafts. I'd rather have a draft pick. Like this doesn't make any sense towards but, like, like, the like later NFL draft. than in the middle. Like personally, when you do a fantasy draft, you like what do you like being personally? It's a ten team league,
0: uh, I would say like third. You like
1: third? Third or fourth? I'd love a ten.
0: Yeah, go back-to-back?
1: Yeah, a 9 or 10. I love that. Back-to-backs. That makes no sense when we're talking about NFL draft, but I just need to throw that out there. Next year, we're doing fantasy football. Let's talk about another New York team. The New York Giants get their 11th loss against the rival, division rival, Philadelphia Eagles, on Monday Night Football. Daniel Jones hurt, which that means we're getting our boy back. Eli Manning got to start. 15-30. 200 yards, 203 to be exact, with two touchdowns to Darius Slay. Darius Slay, I'm liking the kid, dude. Five receptions for 154 yards, two touchdowns. That was the offense. Golden Tate, 11 yards. Shepard, Mr. Concussion at 28. Mr. Concussion? <laughs> yeah, that's what, his, that's what his name is. <laughs> that has to be what his name is. Uh, Loved seeing Eli get this. Absolutely loved him getting the opportunity to get up and try to get over that 500 record mark of 116 and 116. Ended up getting the loss in overtime. Now he's 117 losses. So sad. I think he should play the rest of the season and then retire. That's personally my opinion. Just shut down Denny Dimes? Yeah, shut down. What's the point?
0: What's the point? Honestly, yeah, right? You might as well. At this point... Start tanking.
1: I mean, they, they have two fucking losses. So, like, the fact two that... Two wins. Two wins, I'm sorry. I wish they had two losses. God, I'm off my game again tonight, dude. Damn it. But what was really, really exciting to see, if you're an Eagles fan, is Carson Wentz. 33 for 50. 325 yards, two touchdowns. How important was this game for the Eagles trying to get this horrible NFC East... I mean, the, crown.
0: the first half, they played, like, straight doo-doo. Dog shit. Yeah, honestly, dog shit. But I think it was nice to see them have a little life towards the end. Obviously, getting that ball in overtime was huge. Just being able to get right down the field and punch Absolutely. it in. I mean, I feel like that's what they've done. They do have the best um, efficiency-wise, like, goal-to-goal, basically. Really? So, if, like, not goal-to-goal, but touchback line to the end zone.
1: My computer is about to explode. Oh, we're ex- okay. You hear it, you hear it like... For-
0: I hear. Also, Boston Scott. If you never heard that name before, Eagles running back. He was basically the standout for that game. Blew off a ton of long runs, as long being a 25. Good for the Eagles. I think that's the direction they want to be moving, but they were playing the Giants. They did... They They got lucky the Giants played a
1: bad second half. They did. It was... It was getting exciting second half like after the first half they're winning and Giants 17 seventeen three. I was we feeling thinking, great. We were I mean I was thinking I was I was doing some po- podcast notes and watching the game. I was like, Holy shit, are they gonna freaking win this game and he lets him get a W and call it quits? I hope he gets another star after this. I, I
0: wanted th- I wanted him to be one seventeen and one sixteen so bad. Bro, people
1: I was kinda cheering for 116, and one. I wanna get a tie. <laughs> Imagine you get the tie. That would be so funny. One tie in his career. That would be amazing. He did have a nice uh, career mark. seventh. Now he's seventh all-time passing yards, passing Big Ben, which ben ben, Big Ben will most likely break that since he's, I think Eli he has back. over 400 yards passing in the year. Let's get into our final game, Broncos-Texans. Let me tell you this. The Texans beat the Patriots, but they can't beat the Broncos. I'll never get it. Bill Bryan and this team just kill themselves every year with these with these certain losses that were just ruin their chances to getting either division title or making it to the playoffs in general. Drew Locke, rookie, had a day. 22 27, 309 yards, passing three touchdowns. See you later, Flacco. you never coming back. And then Watson had 50 passes, he had 50 attempts. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's crazy. Touchdown, two picks. That's ridiculous. No running game for either team, but uh, Hopkins hundred twenty yards, hundred twenty yards receiving. Noah five for the Broncos at hundred thirteen yards receiving. But like I said, is this gonna hurt them in the long run with this loss against the Broncos in Week fourteen?
0: I mean, it's definitely gonna hurt them. I'm gonna pull up the standings right now just to see where they're sitting, but. In the AFC South, they're tied with the Titans now. Not great. And then, pretty much at that point, I I think they have to win the division in order to get in. So, Casey wrapped up the AFC West. Houston, like I said, is in a fight with Titans for the South. Ravens have the North locked up. And then, it's going to be Patriots and Bills for the East. So, Patriots and Bills are going to take one of those wild card spots. Mm-hmm. And then, it's really going to be between the Steelers and... The Texans or Titans?
1: Look at this. Texans, last three games. Okay. Titans, Bucks, Titans. Ooh. Way to freaking go. The NFL scheduling. Yes. Group. Great to, scheduling job. Wow. That is awesome. Play, play one o'clock next Sunday on Sunday against the Titans in Tennessee. Then they go to Tampa Bay and then they have play their last game of the year. At home against the Tennessee Titans.
0: Who? What was the non-Titans game? Bucks. Okay, trap so game. So very different from the Titans, though. Trap game. The Titans—they're out of their three games left. Their game, uh, not against the Texans, is against the Saints. <sighs>
1: oh man, Titans, dude, that stinks. Yeah, but I think this—the the Bucks game is a trap game. The Bucks. You always, think so? Yeah, I mean, Winston will have 500 yards passing with five picks and five <laughs> touchdowns and win the game somehow. But so these two games. Oh, I'm I'm actually really excited to watch now. I think both teams end up getting into the playoffs, records wise. But uh, we'll see. I think the Titan. I think the Titans will really give them a fight. I'm excited. These are gonna be great games. Be a great. Game.
0: I really hope this comes out in the last game of the season. It'll make it so entertaining. Like Derrick
1: Henry runs for two hundred yards. Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be great. All right, let's get into college football, kids. College football playoff. The top four is out. LSU won. Ohio State two, Clemson three, in Oklahoma is four. Can you please look up the the, the New Year's bowls too? The the, the New Year's six. Sure. I, I did not put them up here. Um. So and then Georgia went down one to five. Oregon bumped up seven spots after beating Utah, who dramatically lost six spots in the standings. Now they're out of the top ten at eleven. So Baylor. It's at seven. Wisconsin at eight. Florida and Penn State nine and ten. Oregon with the biggest jump up from seven spots up to now number six. I'm loving this. Can you list off the New York Six Bowl the, the 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 New Year's Six Bowls? Gladly. Go ahead. So for the Cotton Bowl, we have Penn State taking on
0: Memphis. Okay. It's 10 versus 17. For the Orange Bowl, we have number nine, Florida, taking on number 24, Virginia. For the Rose Bowl, number six, Oregon. Oregon? Oregon? Whatever you want to say. And versus number eight, Wisconsin.
1: That's a big game. And it's only... Yeah. There they are. Let's get into, now, the best games of the weekend. Oh, hold on. I missed three. Yeah, you did miss three. I was like, what the hell are you talking
0: the about? The one website I'm looking at just didn't have it. Come on. We're struggling. We're struggling. All right, here we go. Penn State, Memphis, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson's the Fiesta, LSU, Oklahoma's the Peach. Uh, Obviously, both of those are college football playoff semis, and then Florida, Virginia, Wisconsin, Oregon, like I said. Very intriguing. I thought there was
1: one more. Oh, Georgia-Baylor, Sugar Bowl. Yes. There we go. I'm very excited for all those games. Let's talk about the best games, which the only best games were. The Power 5 championship games. Yep. Let's kick it off with the Pac-12. Huge game for Utah. All right. So before we get Huge. into this, I had, we had a little formula going. with My buddies, I was in the city this weekend. This was on Friday night. It was a Christmas party. Trying to socialize, make new friends, talk to some friends I haven't seen in a while. Had my eye looking at the screen here and there. The formula was Utah had to lose. Georgia had to lose. And that was it. Wisconsin, we'll talk about that in a minute, was giving me a scare. But Utah, with this loss, was huge for me. 37-15 Oregon. It was Oregon all day. Herbert had a great uh, great day, a decent day, 193 yards. But it was the running back. Did you see his run? Seventy yard run for CJ?
0: Yeah, CJ Verdell, absolute monster.
1: Only eighteen carries, too. over two hundred yards, three touchdowns. It was it was basically to blow it wide open towards the end of this ball game. It was a seventy yard run. I watched, I was jumping up and down, I was freaking out. So Oh yeah, he just takes off. Yeah. It was a it was a it was a quick hole up the middle, legit up the middle. The seam opened up and then it, it exploded. Missed one it was one tackle, guy wrapped around his ankle. Missed it, and then he exploded through for a seventy-yard run, which sealed which sealed the game up.
0: And Oregon's defense
1: was absolutely
0: all over Utah's quarterback Tyler Huntley. Yeah, six sacks, nine tackles for
1: loss. And or and Utah's the, the team that's known for its defense and did not show it in this yep. game at all, which I'm happy about. So let's get into the Big Ten, which is your game. That's right. Okay, so how pissed were you? Because I texted you. I said, how you feeling, buddy? I didn't get a text until the next morning saying feeling great. Would you ignore me or did you just forget? I did. Did you just like did not text me back? I didn't look at my phone. Okay. Because I was asking how you feel because Ohio State was down at half, dude. I woke up. I saw that text. Yeah.
0: And I was like, oh, he definitely texted me that during the first half. Yeah. And. No, I mean, obviously they did, they did not play a great first quarter whatsoever. Wisconsin looked very good in the second quarter, but coming back 27 unanswered points. I mean, Justin Fields, he got it going. J.K. Dobbins, again, this man literally won't stop killing it. I,
1: I think he's a Heisman snub, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. Snubbed I mean, the, the past few games he's had has solidified him. He's going in the second day of the NFL draft in the second or third round easily. Also, the fake punt they threw. Shout yeah, out Drew Christmas. That was a beautiful play. I absolutely love the play call. And then just looking on Wisconsin's side, shout out Jack Cohn. Revolution Athletics, baby. Yeah. Two rushing touchdowns. And on the last play of the game, did you see him
1: trying to go for that Yo,
0: He got planted. He got planted.
1: planted. Blown up, dude. Yeah, he got absolutely the destroyed. Game was, the game was over.
0: Yeah, even if they scored a touchdown, yeah, they still would
1: have needed uh, what six points. Yeah, they needed another the touchdown. The game was over, but I love the heart going for Love it. It was so funny, and he got absolutely lit up. And then it was like he was on the ground, basically. <laughs> and then dead. Brutus, Brutus the mask on the background, covering his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. The game was perfect. Like team. the clock went down to zero, and Jack Cohen's like dead on, on the sideline. <laughs> Just absolutely deceased. But dude, I was freaking out because my buddies were talking to me, and I was like, I was trying to deny it, and I was like, all right this actually makes sense so you had utah already lost on friday georgia already lost to the lsu which we'll talk to you yep. about in a second so i was basically in the driver's seat oklahoma already law already won basically i was ready to go now hold on a second wisconsin was winning at a half now imagine if wisconsin won this game what was their biggest win what was the most recent win wisconsin's Yeah, didn't they just beat Michigan? No, am I actually losing my mind right now?
0: They beat Minnesota, number eight Minnesota.
1: They just beat Minnesota, right. Yeah, the week earlier. Who was a top-ten team. Yep. Which then bumped them up this high in the top ten. Exactly, they took Minnesota's number eight seed. Right, so now, and they got into the Big Ten Championship game. Now imagine if Wisconsin won, beat number one Ohio State, and so it's two top-ten teams, And a top four team in the last two weeks, and they win the Big Ten championship game.
0: You think they squeak in at that four? Without a doubt. Yeah, but then do you think Ohio State drops out of the four? I think they do. No. You you didn't think? I thought they would drop out. I thought they were done if they lost that game.
1: Really? Yeah. The percentage of Ohio State staying in top four was like 80%, 85%. Wow, okay. I mean, personally, I thought that it would have been Ohio State four and Oklahoma wouldn't have made it. Because their their loss was so bad against Kansas, they, yeah, no, and, and they don't, and they didn't beat they beat Texas, who's a I think 12th or thirteenth rank, and they beat you know they beat um, Oklahoma State, which is a ranked team. They beat Baylor twice now, but the fact that the Badgers would win two games in a row, top ten teams, including number one in the country, and take that championship away from them, I was freaking out. I was like, let's. I was like, let's go, Buckeyes. I'm a huge fan. Ohio, let's go! <laughs> and they actually blew up in the second half, scoring 27 unanswered points.
0: Shout out another Long Island kid, Jeremy Ruckert. Beautiful one-handed catch in the end zone. Yeah, absolutely dude. beautiful. He's from Lindenhurst. Also trains with Revolution Athletics. Dude, and all,
1: I mean, Jonathan Taylor had an amazing career as a, as a as a Badger. Oh, he'll he'll go on to have a great NFL career too. I think so too. I think it was a great, great good career. Oh, <sighs> <sighs> thank God that game was over. Let's go to SEC now. SEC, country. Hey, this is the third one you needed, Taylor. This was the third one of my formula that needed to happen. And I was pretty confident that Georgia wasn't going to win this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, LSU has been playing insane. I think Joe Burrow is going to be one of the easiest like Heisman picks very recently. Yeah,
1: in the, in the last, what, five or ten years? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Joe Burrow, 28-38, 349 yards, played the entire game, four touchdowns. He is unbelievable. I want to see what his stats are on the year. I'm guessing he's over 5,000 yards passing, 4,715 yards passing, 48 touchdowns, 16 picks. I'm sorry, six picks. Excuse me. Whew. He's second in the country in yards and first in touchdowns and second in QBR at 93.7. Oh, I just x out of the whole thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, I need that back. <laughs> I know. So thirty-seven, ten victory for LSU. I'm surprised that they didn't get the number one spot. Um, well, I'm sure they do have. They do have the number one spot. Right LSU. Now. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I'm surprised that they um, moved up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like Ohio State was just kept rolling their point differential against against a lot of these teams, and their average points scored throughout the whole season. I thought would give them the number one spot to be honest with you. I don't know. Okay. But 13 no LSU, getting the number one spot. Coach O, happy man. Go Tigers. This
0: is probably very stupid, but the only reason I'm happy that Ohio State's down to number two is because the number one seed has never won the college football playoff. Is that true?
1: Yes. No shit. Yes, sir. Wow. I hit, I'm a huge college football fan. I didn't really put two and two together. Or, the number or one seed is
0: everyone in the college football together. playoffs. So that's like that's the one thing keeping me sane with Ohio State dropping. Like I get it, they played kinda of crappy in that first half against Wisconsin, but it's a little uh, like saving grace. But still going up against Clemson and then having to take
1: on LSU. Hey, don't count on my guys. Have them take on LSU or Oklahoma. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, look, hey, let's talk about the team you guys, your, your Ohio State uh, Buckeyes will be playing. It's Clemson. They just won the ACC championship game and wipe the floor. Wipe the fucking floor. 62 to 17 victory against the number 23 Virginia Cavaliers. We all knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we
0: talked about this last week with the them just blowing I out everyone. Yeah, you did. You went I went off. off.
1: I went off big time. Trevor Lawrence had a game, though, 300 in two yards passing. Dude, the backup had a game, too. He was 5 of 7 with 106 yards <laughs> passing. Chase Bryce, shout out you, kid. Uh, Lawrence had four touchdown passes. Uh, the running game was there. Receiving game. T. Jesus. Higgins. T. Higgins. My God. Nine receptions for 182 and three touchdowns. Have a day. But are they going to actually play very well against... Are they going to actually compete and score more than 30 points against this really good Ohio State team? Taylor,
0: the last time Ohio State played Clemson, put a decent amount of money on that game while I was in Vegas, it didn't go well. Really? Yeah. They got smacked. Not smacked, but they lost by like 15-20. I'm nervous. You, what? Really? You're nervous? I'm very nervous, Taylor. Very nervous.
1: Why so? Just because they're they're on this like Cinderella like story kind of run where everyone's out to get them yeah, It's me against the world kind of attitude. oh, Ohio no for Clemson,
0: yeah, I Clemson Clemson just scares the hell out of me. I don't know why I mean obviously it, probably some of the past success that they've had like plays into that. But just Trevor Lawrence has been ramping it up and obviously started off a little eh in the year. I know he was like kind of injured, but now he's showing it. Obviously, Travis Etienne, their main running back, he's showing and T Higgins is showing he's going to be a very, very high draft pick as a receiver. Do you think um Travis...
1: um his last name? Etienne? Etienne, yeah. Etienne, do you think he'd be a good running back in the NFL?
0: I do because... um it, We'll see. It matters how teams use him because... He's he's good because Clemson uses him out of the passing out of the backfield a lot. Mm. Where they'll hit him with screens, they'll hit him with uh, you know like Le'Veon Bell kind of routes. Right. So I th- I think he can be. I mean he 5'10", 2,10. So I g- I would say almost average size for NFL running back, maybe a little smaller, but I think he'll be good. Yeah, he's fast and he can catch. Honestly, if you if like if you're good at you'll have a place in the NFL. If you're a running back, who can catch?
1: Absolutely. PPR God. PPR all day. That's right. Let's talk about the Sooners now. Baylor Bears lost in overtime the Oklahoma Sooners 30 to 23. The Baylor Bears competed with three quarterbacks until the final final play of the game. Their guy Charlie Brewer, who was a pretty good quarterback. Only had six pass attempts, got hurt, sacked pretty hard, knocked out of the game. Bohannon, not so great, four fifteen fifty six 56 yards. He got knocked out of the game. <laughs> and then Jacob Zeno, who was really trying his hardest to ruin my life. It almost did. He had 159 yards as a third-string guy. He had
0: two completions, almost 160 yards. Yeah, it's pretty fucking (laughs) crazy. Pretty awesome, right? No. No, they took that L. Their running game was absolute trash. (laughs) Speaking of Jacob Zeno, four carries,
1: negative 12 yards. Yeah, sacks all day. But what I'm still pissed off about is look at those Jalen Hurts numbers. 287 a pick and a touchdown. There needs to be more production, man. There needs to be more production out of Jalen Hurts in the passing game. Look, 300 yards, it's great, but you could have 300 yards with four interceptions. Look, the fact that he's 17-24, it's a decent percentage, right? Decent completion to pass attempt uh, percentage there. Yeah. it's The touchdowns are not there. And he's fumbling still. He can't stop fucking fumbling. It's hysterical. I don't fucking understand. It's funny, but I'm also having meltdowns here. (laughs) Look, he had one he had he, he had his his boy C D Lamb is helping him out as well. Hundred and seventy three yards. The long seventy one yard reception. Watch that unfold. It was stopped around like around that was like the first possession of the game, actually. Seventy one yards. You had an eight yard run. You had a, you had a rush by Jalen Hurts and then an eight yard run or so from uh Kennedy Brooks for the touchdown. I liked the Kennedy Brooks in there and um, And Stevenson as well as the backup running back. Not having Trey Sermon as the starting running back is definitely huge. He's out for the rest of the year. But there needs to be more production at Jalen Hurts if they want anything to do with LSU.
0: Random. What's up with all of Oklahoma's
1: special teamers?
0: They got weird names. Trey Brown, Charleston Rambo, CeeDee Lamb, Gray Britchick, and Reeves Munshaw.
1: Yeah, and look at David (laughs) Okunjumbe. Yeah, I can't even, I might have said that right. I don't know. Oh, yeah, be, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't know. There's it's a very weird defense. I mean, Trey Brown's pretty good. He yeah, had just a weird day, but Ken, Kenneth Murray is their, is their boy, is their guy. their middle linebacker. That's their best defensive player by far. Um, we're we're going to see how this Big 12 defense stands up to you, oh, I'm so nervous, man. I'm so nervous. I want to be confident and say, like, yeah, we're going to freaking compete. Yep, we're going to compete really, really hard. (laughs) (sighs) Who do you think should be more nervous, me or you? Definitely me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right, fair. We're we're, (laughs) almost playing the Heisman winner. Let's let's get into the Heisman now. Heisman finalists are out Saturday. They'll be announced. The winner will be announced. The finalists are LSU's quarterback Joe Burrow. Your Ohio State Buckeye quarterback, Justin Fields, Oklahoma's quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and DN for Ohio State, potential number two pick overall for the New York, Chase Young. Give me your top, give me your rankings, one through four. Who's going to win it and who's taking it last? Joe Burrow, Chase Young,
0: Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts. Can't agree more. Yeah, right on the spot. All right. right. The no, spot. I think because I like Hertz being in there. I think he definitely deserved the invite. I just don't think he has the stat line like we were just talking about in that previous game to get up there with those guys. Obviously, Justin Fields leading an undefeated Ohio State team. That gets him in the mix. I think a bump just above Jalen Hurts. And if Joe Burrow didn't play his absolute ass off, thrown for almost 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, I think Chase Young would have taken this easy.
1: I think Chase Young missing those two games from suspension was big. Definitely big. Definitely, Look, 16 and 18 and a half. 16 and a half and 18 and a half is a big difference. Now, you're saying, yo, Taylor is a difference because there's two more. But 18-and-a-half, it's closer to 20. It looks a little nicer. looks a little nicer. Also, when he did come back for those games, he was
0: triple-teamed pretty much every game.
1: Yeah, and, and, he milked, and he came back at the right time against Penn State. Yeah, oh yeah. Perfect. Senior timing. day at home, which that was a a must-win for the Buckeyes, for both teams, but more for the Buckeyes to keep them into the top, keep them at top, in that top four. I can't talk. In that top <laughs> four. So um, I would love to say Jalen Hurts is... Um, it's this it's these last couple weeks i mean the first five or six games of the season he was your front runner without doubt i yeah, think he was was a cut front runner it was him and tua and then tua died and <laughs> now he you know now imagine if tua was playing do you think he'd be
0: i think he would favorites. have to be because i think i think alabama's season would be different without
1: a doubt they'd be a top four team and
0: I think obviously with them being up there, the, the the hype just around Tua alone. As long as he had the numbers, I think he would have definitely
1: been in the conversation. Well, we'll have to see on Saturday. You maybe see a video coming out soon talking about it. That's right. Go go, peep our page. Taylor's gonna. We're gonna put a little video. Yeah, I well put a little. video. Taylor. Line. Maybe. Well, let's get into the NBA. Oh boy, we've waited this all podcast. Our first part of the podcast, we we're waiting. We were just – we just uploaded and finished the podcast last episode, 70, and then what, an hour later, Fizdel gets fired? Yeah. Pro, uh, they let him practice. Maybe not even. They not let, even let him probably. fucking run a practice, I and know. then they fired him. Did
0: you see him after that pra- – during the practice, like once it was ending, he walked over to Mills and Perry and all the you know execs, dapping them all up talking, chatting, laughing. How
1: do you do that as a sane person? You let him coach, and then he's gone. Don't even start, Taylor. I'm going to give you the floor. Go right ahead.
0: Give me... <laughs> so, immediately You're when this you. happened, subjected my girlfriend to about a 10-minute rant <laughs> of me just going off about it. You're listening to me Probably like okay? 50% of what she even understood, but she got the point. So... Okay, I get it. The Knicks are horrible Last, right night, now last
1: night they were four for twenty-nine shooting. From
0: yeah, no, it's 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 not a. It's definitely not great. No, think they're tied for the. Oh, I was going to type in New York Knicks. I just typed in New York. Um, believe they are tied for their worst start ever, sitting at four and twenty. But luckily, they're going up against the five and twenty Golden State Warriors tonight. Um, actually, starting right about now. Um, it's not good, Taylor. I love Fitz. He was a great coach. Obviously, he showed what he could do in Memphis with like the Knicks. Not a great team, but he's there. He's young. He knows the guys. So he obviously have a good relationship with the guys, especially off the court. I mean, Julius Randle, Bobby Porras. Couldn't say enough of this guy. Like, basically, like, where like he's still going to be involved in our lives. That's how much of an impact he's made while we've been here.
1: A father figure, almost.
0: Exactly. And I get it. They're 4-20. But what do you have to work with? They signed an entire team of glue guys. Yeah, literally Randall. an entire team of power forward glue guys. What do you? What is he supposed power to forward do? Guys. Really what is he supposed to do? I, I'm about to freak out. But what are you supposed <laughs> to do when you sign Bobby Portis, Julius Randall, Elford Payton, and Wayne Ellington, and Marcus Morris? I like Marcus Morris. He's the leading scorer, but
1: he's the leading. Sc- you,
0: yeah, I mean Marcus I,
1: Morris is the leading scorer of the New York Knicks. <laughs> it's not good. He's bro. an eight, eight guy. Good. He's an eight or nine off the bench. He gets
0: gets start. He's a starter. He gets buckets. I don't know. He gets buckets when he gets minutes. But regardless...
1: He shouldn't be starter.
0: This this should not be put on Fizdale. This should be put on the execs. Fizdale didn't go out and say, oh yeah, let's go get four power forwards and one free agency and not load up in guards. And, I mean, obviously, there are other struggles. Like Mitchell Robinson can't freaking not foul out of a game to save his life. But this isn't on Fiz. He shouldn't have taken it. I mean, I... I know Perry's next.
1: You really One think, of these two schmucks. You really yeah. think one of those two guys are next?
0: Hundred percent. Because give it a month, and the Knicks are going to be six and thirty.
1: <laughs> Look, uh, right now, right as of right now, the last two seasons, it's the worst two year stretch in New York Knicks history.
0: You want to know what their winning percentage is since two thousand? No, forty percent.
1: <gasps> Worse than the NBA. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there's been bad 76ers teams. There, the Bobcats were horrible. There have horrible. been teams
0: that literally, literally their plan for the season was to tank.
1: Nets were horrible at one point. Fuck. Yeah.
0: It absolutely sucks. I hate Scott Perry.
1: And Steve Mills. <laughs> and James Dolan. Yeah.
0: I mean, all right. I don't want to say hate Scott Perry. I hate Steve Mills. He's been here through all this crap. Yeah. Scott Perry, that kind of just brought in as almost an accomplice at this point. But... As just, long as those As three, a Knicks fan,
1: I just I, As long as those three schmucks are still running running and being and involved in the organization, the Knicks aren't going to go anywhere.
0: No, like Mike Miller, the coach they brought in, he was yes. the coach of the G League uh, team Westchester Knicks for four seasons. Great guy, great coach, from everything I hear. What's he is he going to change anything? I get it. It's New York. People want a quick turnaround. But obviously the Knicks have shown they can't do that over the last 20 years. So just leave Fizz. Let him ride him out, or let him grow with these young guys.
1: The season's rough, man. It's rough.
0: Did you see what the did you see what the Sixers have done with Brett Brown? Three straight years of under a dozen wins, tanking, absolutely sucking, and now look at them. They're going to be playoff contenders for the next decade. easy five years. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if it's Scott Perry and Steve Mills. I don't know if it's James Dolan. Someone's got to figure us the hell out. Because as a Knicks fan at this point, I'm getting pissed.
1: Well, I'm sure you've been pissed for a couple of I've years.
0: I've been pissed now. for a while. But like when they hired Fizz, I expected it to be a long kind of rebuild. They'd keep him. They let him you know, figure it out through these rough
1: times. Because well, his, he has nothing his, to work with. His coaching career has been pretty good. I mean, under Spulture, right?
0: Yeah, under Spolster, and then he took the Memphis head coach job. Mm -hmm. Which, that was a shocking fire, too. That's another one. He didn't, I mean, he had Mike Conley, Marcus Soule, banged up Chandler Parsons. But, again, he didn't have much to work with there. So, I mean, I'm not happy with it. I'm not going to hate on Mike Miller because this isn't his fault. He's honestly probably going to get D- you know, to. I don't think he's gonna can. He'll get demoted back to G League
1: by uh, you know off season. But might, or maybe he might be an assistant or something like that. Just from seeing what he's done.
0: Oh, well, true. But who the hell is gonna coach the Knicks?
1: Who so, wants that job? See, I, and I said this about Durant and seeing if he wanted to come to New York. See, look, it's like Durant had everything. Right? He's had the scoring tiles, MVPs, NBA Finals MVPs, rings. Now, if he went to New York and succeeded and won in New York, he's a god. Yeah. Now, imagine the next coach. The next coach that's looking for – the Knicks are looking for a coach. There's coaches that want jobs because everyone wants a job in the NBA. And if you can coach a team in the NBA, one, that's amazing. Two, if you can coach one of the most famous organizations in sports, the New York Knicks, and if you can win as a Knicks coach, that's huge. How many Knicks coaches do you know had some success? Pat Riley. None in my lifetime. Exactly. None in your lifetime. You're 24? Correct. Pat Riley was, what, the last guy to be a great coach? Yeah. Van Gundy, maybe? Yeah, he had,
0: that one, he had that one good team.
1: Right. Dan Tony 54-win team. Yeah, Tony's 54-win team. That's what I mean. So there's not a lot of good things to show. Isaiah Thomas was coaching this <laughs> team at one point, you know? there's a lot of bad coaching but it's when you can be a great coach for this organization like all right for instance joe tory coming in as first year manager in 1995 as the yankees manager Ninety, 90 no 96 show walter was 95 96 tory had a horrible really really bad coaching career prior to that with i'm um, almost positive the atlanta braves N- no not the braves cardinals I'm almost positive the Cardinals. Um, really wasn't that great of a manager, kind of a five hundred manager. He gets signed as a Yankees manager, he's already getting run out of town already. And the yes, Yankees prior to that, the the early nineties and all of the eighties, except for eighty one, they sucked. They were a horrible team. Ninety-five, they make it to the postseason. Lose to the lose to the um the Mariners after that the, the walk-off by um Edgar Martinez. Yep, and then Torrey proves everyone wrong and becomes a legend. Now, are, are the Knicks going to win a title right away? Absolutely not. But if you could have a manager come, a, a coach come in, and have now the Knicks going to win what nine games this year? Ten, if ten?
0: Honestly, at this point, I just
1: hope it's four. <laughs> they just lose out. You just give me Lamelo. Look now, imagine, imagine <laughs> that they, uh, they hire a, man, a, a coach for next season and he wins seventeen games. That's a dramatic improvement from what it could be. Like it's eight. probably going to be like ten, a dozen. Now imagine he wins seven or eight games next season. It's a dramatic, that's an improvement. As much as you look at it as a shit season, it's an improvement. But you there needs to be, some guy needs to step up and say, look, I'm going to take this role as a guy that is, I'm going to love the pressure, I'm going to love all the hate, I got to accept it because these Knicks fans are fucking pissed that they want something so bad they haven't had it since Patrick Ewing. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Ninety four. We weren't alive. No, we were not alive. So whoever it comes to the next coach needs to have a set of nuts and really take this team by the balls and try to win some games. I know it's going to be hard, but there needs to be also some sort of firing up above. It needs to be Steve Mills. Maybe she have to get rid of him. I know
0: he still has years on his deal and Dolan might be like oh, I don't want to pay someone who's not, I don't want to pay not somebody, here. Yeah,
1: fuck out of you. There needs to be a a change. And the one change that everyone wants is James Dolan. It's not gonna happen. No. But the fact that the New York Knicks fans hate you that much and hate look, they're still selling out games, but l- 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 like are are you gonna like we went to a Knicks game last year, right? We did. We didn't buy the tickets though. No, we were given to them. The company seats. Yeah, bro, I'm not buying tickets to a Nick game next. Like, m- maybe next year, maybe if they get a nice, if they get James Weissman or Lamelo Ball, and there's like they have some prospects. There's some hype around. there, yeah. Right, but last we, we got invited. We got we got these tickets for free.
0: Uh, out of the last four Knicks games I've been to,
1: I think I paid for one. I've been to two. Why am I going to two two pay Nick for games Knicks games? My life. One was a gift. Didn't pay for that. And one was the game I went with you, and we saw James Harden score 60. That's the only games that Nick James has ever been to. I saw Kobe drop 35 in Ooh, three quarters. That's sick. I wish I saw Kobe play. Dude, it was unreal. And then I saw Harden go off. But let's get off the, the, the last NBA story here. This was last night's game, Hawks and Heat. Wild game. Wild finish.
0: Absolute wild finish. And I I mean I think the troll job at the end of this is what takes the cake. Absolutely. So the Hawks were up six nothing. Uh not uh, they were up six points on the heat with a minute left to go. Trey Young just hit a bucket and now he was running down the court, waving his arms, saying game over. Game over. It
1: was like Westbrook the other day when he said game over.
0: Exactly. I mean it's this is the same as I think that basically happened.
1: Yeah. Well, mm.
0: The Heat went on a 22 and 0 run. Obviously, they tied it up, uh, forced the game to overtime, and then when 18 unanswered points in overtime. The Hawks scored none. And then after the game, Jimmy Butler goes on IG, posts the video. Like the first part of it is Trey Young saying "Game over, game over," and then it goes straight to the final score. And he tags him in everything. God, I love it, savage. Love it. But
1: how do you think it's a stupid move by Trey Young? Um, I don't think it's... Premature? It's tough because you want to show some confidence. You want to show uh, your fans that are watching on TV or some of the fans that are at the game. But you're going to do that to a team that had three guys score 30 points like the yeah, night earlier? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's not like they're versus the Knicks. That's what I mean. Real quick. That could turn around real quick. Like Tire like Hero hits Jimmy a couple Butler, threes. Jimmy Butler saw that and he's like, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to stomp you in the throat now. Yeah and that's exactly what they did yeah so um, I actually love it from Jimmy Butler and I actually like it from Trey Young he Guy's a young kid trying to talk some shit which he can't talk shit he can play like it is that an Oklahoma bias no <laughs> no he's a good player
0: <laughs> no he is a good player and obviously he, he's making a decent run at uh, MVP for himself probably the, right as behind Luka sec- and LeBron second player <laughs> exactly
1: alright we'll take a quick break when we come back get bench player of the week it's, one of the, it's it's. an old time 38 year old, but he came off the bench this weekend. I'm, not this weekend. We came off Monday night. We'll catch it after the break. Welcome back. A special segment time. You know what it is breaking freaking news. We just stopped recording, and then seconds later, we get this tweet from John Heyman. J.P. Romero, Ken Rosenthal, Tom Verducci. Everyone. You you know your boys got push notifications are on (laughs) during this week. Oh, yeah. It is now reported that Anthony Rendon has agreed to a seven-year, $245 million deal with the LA Angels. Think of that lineup now. You got Trout and Rendon, 3-4 or 2-3 in the lineup with Otani, with a healthy Justin Upton a 39-year-old D.H. Albert Pujols. I like it a lot. That one-two punch or and Rendon back-to-back is lethal. Lethal. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And I guess Rendon doesn't care about playing past age 35 season. No, nope, we were talking about that
1: earlier in the show. Guess like he doesn't care. Not at all. So his, his, his average annual value is at $35 million. No trade clause. No opt-out clause. He's going to... Be an angel for the next seven years. No deferred money. All of it's guaranteed. All getting all at once. Not all at once. Every, per year. While he's still playing. While yeah. he's still playing. So this is a wild shakeup because the Rangers were probably the front runner to get Anthony Rendon. They were a seven or eight year deal just shy of under 300000000 million. I'm sorry. Under two. So that was a huge kicker not getting that. So... Another win for the Boris Corporations and Rendon. I mean, this is a huge, huge, huge deal.
0: Definitely. I mean, we were looking at the money that they're paying. I mean, only five guys on their roster are making over $6 million a year. Yeah, with Trout and Rendon. Trout, Rendon, Pujols, and Upton. Yeah, those and, four. and Simmons. I Simmons wasn't even in, counting Simmons in, but...
1: Simmons is making 15.
0: But take those those top four renamed in yeah. Trout, Rendon... Upton and, and Upton and Pools. Yeah. Over a billion dollars in contracts.
1: Yeah. Ridiculous. With remaining contract with the remaining money, it's still it's like right under a billion. It's like nine hundred million. Eight hundred f- million. Absolutely like that. insane. Insane that f- Four players can consist of that much money on your on your roster. And let's be honest Pulos, not what he was 10 years ago. Upton, not what he was five years ago. No. Still can hit the ball, driving tw- hit 20 home runs, driving about 70 or 80. But he's not hitting those 35, 40 home run seasons. I don't think he's ever had 40, but 35 home runs driving 100 RBIs. It's a lot of money. But that lineup is good, but what they need is pitching.
0: Yes. They need his pitching. They
1: the bad. They need bad. There are three guys. Are now we forgot Otani in the in that lineup too? Yeah, but he's not making any money. He's not making any money. But the thing is, having Otani in that lineup is nice. Yes, definitely. Rendon. Huge. So the, the lineup should be with the two, three, four hitters. It should be Trout at the two spot, Rendon at three, and Otani hitting fourth with Upton at five. Pool's dropped down in the, in the sixth hole. I like that a lot. Simmons batting seventh or so. You have Tommy Lestella, who had a really good season before he got hurt, lead off. He had 18 home runs. Those juice balls were working for him because so I think he had 11 total before that or something. So with Rendon, it solidifies that third base spot. They just trade away Zach Kozart for some cash to the to the San Francisco Giants. So really, for me, very surprising that this was going to happen. I saw Rangers. I saw Nationals again. I saw even the Dodgers had an option of maybe getting Rendon. But I don't think he was that big of an option. Congratulations to the Angels.
0: Yeah, go for them. Spending that money.
1: Oh, yeah. Anything
0: to Rendon. Get that paycheck. They
1: need need pitching in the worst way. They have Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, and Otani as their top three. I mean, that's where the rest of their money is
0: going to have to go. They're what? They're not even close to the luxury tax, right? I think that when I looked right now, they are at like 127 mil. I okay. believe the luxury tax is 180. Let me double check that. What? Luxury tax threshold is
1: 208. Yes, yeah, sir. So they have a long way to go. Long, long way to go. There's still, so you got Ryu, Baumgartner, uh, Keichel. There's there's talks that the Angels are looking into Rocky's right-handed pitcher, John Gray, in a trade. So there is options now. Who the hell is going to get Josh Donaldson? Rangers are a team that need a third baseman. The Nationals now lost Rendon. They're looking for a third baseman. That's the biggest name, one the biggest hitter on the market right now is Josh Donaldson, who I think is going to get like a four or five year deal, you know, twenty twenty one a year after a really good season. But let's get into some special segments. Nice quick breaking news. I think it's our first breaking news we've gotten in a special segments.
0: Yeah, usually normal breaking news will come during the uh, first part of our show. Or we'll miss it
1: because the show will be over. That's true, it but you know, that
0: always comes in like right after we finish.
1: Like the Fizdale one. Yep. All right, so what's our first special segment? we got bench player of the week. That's right. we got the we got the oldie but goodie Eli Manning. That's right. Shout out. Eli Manning, he got the loss on Monday Night Football. He has a career record of 116 and 117. Well he's 15 of 30, 200 yards and two touchdowns, first start since September 9th when he lost to the Bills. You gotta give the guy credit. He's sitting on the bench, he wants to play. Daniel Jones is starting in front of him. He's pissed. He's a franchise quarterback, two time champ. You get to start. You know what? You get the loss, but it was still very impressive that you that you first half was pretty freaking good. So pretty impressive day. That's our bench play of the week. I love it. Love it. What do we got for what you wear? We haven't we haven't had one of these in a while. We
0: haven't had it in a while. So we got some heat coming this weekend. Taylor. We got some heat. A lot of heat coming. We'll start off with this is one of the classic shoes. I'm pretty sure you'll instantly see this shoe and know what it is. It's the Air Jordan 11 Retro Bread. This specifically playoff bread. Okay. Drop it on Saturday, 12-14. twelve fourteen. never retailing- Seen this
1: shoe before.
0: You 100% have seen this. shoe. I believe this is the third time they've retroed this shoe, or the, the second time they retroed this shoe. The original, obviously, and then they retroed it once in, I want to say, 2013, and then again, 2019. It's coming back for the winter. It's going to be retailing at $220. So that's a standard price for your Jordan 11. Resell anywhere between $240 to $280. It is a GR, meaning general release. So. You can expect a high stock number, but the smaller sizes, they should definitely still resell. What do you think of these, Taylor? I absolutely love this shoe. This is one of the most iconic shoes to me.
1: Mm-hmm. I can't wear them. I look like poop. I them. look horrible in those. I, yeah. I, I never never tried them on. I would look horrible. <laughs> My question is, to you, being a shoe guy becoming one, okay. getting used to the lingo, why are they retroing this for the third time? And Meaning by retro, it's just the same shoe, but reselling it again? And they'll, they'll change it up a little. They'll
0: change maybe, you know. An emblem. An logo. emblem. They'll change the numbers on the back. I don't know if they changed. Normally, it's 23 on the back, obviously. But the last retro, they did had 45 on the back. Mm-hmm. so they'll change small things like the type of leather they're using sure. or the type of cloth, that kind of thing. Nothing major, but it's basically the same shoe, but this is one of those shoes that even though it's general release and there's going to be so much stock and probably not a lot of resell, a lot of people are going to be looking to pick this up because it is just such a
1: classic. Sure, sure, sure. Interesting. I mean, I wouldn't wear it, but you want to, but you can't because you don't look good at them.
0: Exactly. This is one of those pairs I might just get just for like...
1: Put them on the shelf.
0: Put them on the shelf, exactly, for one of those reasons. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to do that, but still, regardless, it's one, it's an iconic shoe, and it's absolutely awesome. Even though, like I said, generally, it's still going to sell out. I don't That's think it's going to resell well, but it'll still sell out. Next up, also releasing on Saturday, we have a new Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 V2. Coming in the colorway, Yeez Reel. This is the non-reflective pair. So for those of you who don't know, usually for the newer uh, V2s, 350 V2s. They're released in a uh, reflective and a non reflective colorway. The reflective colorways usually sell three, four hundred dollars more than the regular non reflective colorway, but uh, they've not released when the reflective colorway is released. And this is the Yeeze Reel non reflective, retailing at 220, your standard Yeezy 350 price. And the resale is probably between 250, 300. It's a very unique looking shoe. Um, Normally, Yeezys are Whoa. kind of very plain. You know, you get your black, your tan, even the butter color—very simple colors. Oreo color. Oreo, exactly. Kind of basic. You know, nothing too too crazy. This is one of the most outstanding ones. Takes kind of from the glow in the dark ones they put out earlier this year, but it has a green outsole with like a kind of black design over it, and then teal laces.
1: Dude, those are fire. You
0: like these, Taylor? Yeah, I uh, like see. I I one hundred percent did not think you were going to like these. I know you kind of like more of the. More of the less outlandish stuff. I feel like that's kind of me.
1: I like the weird, crazy, eye-popping. I like colors, but the neon colors are always colors. You like that- the neons? No, it's like it has to. I don't know. Like I like the, the, the Geigers. The John- okay. Yeah, the John Geiger. Yeah. I like those. Those are bright colors. It just depends, I guess, on the type of, of the shoe itself. But I am a fan of these. They're cool. It's definitely different. Are they $500? Were they $1,000 shoes? Resale wise? Yeah. Maybe three hundred. Mm-hmm.
0: I think they're making like recently Kanye's been putting out a lot of stock on his shoes. He wants, you know, he wants the world. Everyone he he literally said, I want everyone in the pair of the world to be able to get Yeezys. So they're releasing in you know a lot more uh a lot more quantity than they usually would, but regardless, money's still gonna be made on these, and especially for Yeezys, if people... like the easiest way to make money, you buy five of these right now. Right sit on them for three to six months, you'll double your money compared to what you'd make if you sold a today. Exactly. Uh, and then the last one we had, this is Adi. I I don't think you're going to like this one for sure. Mm-hmm. The Adidas Superstar 80, Blondie McCoy. It's a hell of a name. It is a hell of a name.
1: It's called it Shoe.
0: So, McCoy, obviously, uh, it's after the brand skater. I'll show you the pick in a second. I want to like give a little backstory. Uh, it's after a London uh, skater named Brandon McCoy. Adidas brought him in uh, to basically have this collab based around him and his his influences. It pays homage to his hometown district of Soho in the west end of London. Also, his favorite silhouette that he uses when he skates being the Adidas Superstar 80. Retailing at 110 so very good price. Reselling for around three three to $400 right now. Ooh, good a money nice a
1: reseller. Taylor,
0: what do you think about these? They have a gum sole and a gum toe and are see-through. I know you absolutely love the see-through Converse. The Off-White Converse that came I out. Do. But these are definitely different.
1: Um, These are super weird. Yeah. Because it looks uh, like. I thought. It looks like from looking at the see-through because the top part of the heel. Yeah. Is actually like the, the shoe itself. Exactly. It looks yes. like there's like it's. It's hard to explain. It looks like it's just chopped off and it's like you have like a. Like you're a homeless person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, right? I need to try to find a picture of these on foot. It's very definitely weird. Definitely a weird shoe, but hey, they're reselling. They're reselling for tons because it's, it's a nice collab. Definitely. And I mean, the see-through, the clear, whatever, I guess, whatever material they're using, just the see-through shoe in general, obviously, it's very huge nowadays. I know I had a pair. You have a pair that's kind of see-through-ish. Yeah. And obviously, everyone crazy for like off-white Converse. Oh, I ruined my
1: shoes, by the way, this weekend.
0: Uh, we'll clean them.
1: We'll get them clean. Giant coffee stand.
0: Oh, no. Coffee. The worst. The worst. Coffee and tar. The two things that are so hard to get off your
1: shoes. Tar tar has to be hard to get on your shoe.
0: I got it on, like, oh, the pair, uh, the React 87s that I had. I let you borrow for a little. I got it on those. Literally, it took me a half an hour to get it off one shoe. Oh my god. My, I I was had a workout. I was just scrubbing, 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 but it does come I might, off. I might have to get my shoes to the shoe doctor. E just a little elbow grease. Which is you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we have for Would You Wear It. Uh obviously some classics in the Jordan Eleven bread, and then some very oddities in the Yeezy Reel, Yeezy Boost, and the Adidas Superstar Blondie McCoy.
1: I like it. Definitely would you wear it? Needed that back. It's been a while.
0: Oh, also Let me get this real quick for you. I know, Taylor, I know you love Kith. I do. Kith.
1: Drop us the new shit. uh,
0: I got a leak of their Christmas. Where do you get these leaks? Are you going to reveal your source? I got sources. No, I'm never revealing my sources, Taylor. But a little little leak. Kith Treats is doing a sample. Black hoodies based the Santa logo, basically. So it's a Santa head. And where the face would be, it just says Kith.
1: Thoughts. Ooh, I like
0: it. You like those? How much is going forward? Did I know yet? Uh, pro, I would say Kith hoodies are usually between like 150 and 180 So somewhere in there. Definitely will resell. But we'll talk about when the time comes because they're not releasing for a couple weeks. Also, you're listening to the Supreme Box Logos drop today. So... Fine. Hopefully, I made some money off of it. I'll let you know next box. Box Logos all day.
1: That's right. Let's get into Stats Without Stone. All right. So, we have an update Boris scoreboard from Ken Rosenthal. He tweeted out the last for Scott Boras clients to get paid this offseason and the grand total of what these Scott Boras clients have made together. You have Garrett Cole at 324 Rendon just happened at 245 just like Steven Strasberg, and Mike Moustakis at $64 million, with a grand total of $878 million worth of signing money. Can you believe that? Almost a billion dollars between, between four Scott Boras clients. And you still have Rio, Castellanos, and Keiko coming in hot. That is a lot of money. That's a stat without a stone. Let's go to Honest this date in sports history, December 11th, Pretty 2000. Relevant. Alex Rodriguez agrees to a 10-year, $252 million deal with the Texas Rangers, which at that time was the largest contract in professional sports history, but as we know now that this is just a almost a normal contract to these guys now. Pretty yeah. normal. He opted out, he got traded and opted out, opted out and then made a gigantic contract of 10 years, 275 with the Yankees. Still being paid, still getting the bread, still getting the bread. Let's finish off with a a kind of a sad moment here in RIP.
0: So, RIP to Pete Frates. Mm-hmm played baseball for Boston College for four seasons and then he was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, also ALS. He was the one that helped inspire and pretty much start up the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. It raised more than it raised more than two hundred and twenty million dollars worldwide. He passed away Monday at the age of thirty four. Um, I mean, you know, tragic story, but I he's one of those people where you're going through such a tragedy but you do so much to help others. Like, the Ice Bucket Challenge started that in 2014. I believe a pro golfer uh, challenged his wife's cousin, who has ALS, to do it. And then it started off from there. P. Frady's really took that and bumped it to the next level, using social media and everything else to just really get it going. And, it, you know, it was it was an easy process. You just take a bucket of water, dump it over your head, post a video on social media, and challenge others to do it. I'm sure many of you listening have done it. I've done it. We've done it. And
1: Who challenged you? Do you remember? Ooh! I have no
0: idea. who challenged me. I, I mean, I have no clue. I have no idea. Dump that water on me.
1: But honestly, like a sad but good story. Absolutely. I mean, this guy he he beat the odds. I think it's your so the the years that you have is up to two to five years life expectancy when you once you get diagnosed. That, that's correct. Once you get diagnosed with ALS. And he beat it out by
0: a ton. Only 10% of people with ALS survive more than 10 years.
1: Killed it, man. He, he did an amazing job fighting till his last breath and raising a ridiculous amount of money. He was in front of, I think, a Supreme Court and was on C-SPAN and, and said his, his two cents about how we need more research for ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. There needs to be better research for it. And he did that until his last day on earth, which was a very big inspiration. I'm sure he'll be getting some awards and probably get, um, like the Arthur Ashe Award for courage or Jimmy V or Jimmy V Award, whatever, whatever, whatever which one, because both of them are outstanding awards. But it's a sad moment, but um, go to his website p e t e f r a t e s p
0: e t e f r a t e s.com. Obviously, running donations. It's his newly formed nonprofit. uh, Started on December 2nd. Just, you know, it's there to uh, progress, you know, the assistance to ALS patients, help their families out. I mean, you know, a great thing. And let's help some raise awareness, get some money, and uh, hopefully, you know, find some answers to this horrible disease. Absolutely. So on that note... That's the end of the podcast. Any last words? I'm pissed at the Knicks. I'm happy the Yanks paid the money for Garrett Cole. Facts. And I'm nervous about Ohio State. My last words.
1: Garrett Cole, cha-ching. Way to go. Welcome to the Bronx. Happy man. Um, I'm freaking out about OU, but we got we got, <laughs> we got a long way to go for those games in January. Oh, yeah. And the end of December. But Heisman hopefuls. Who's going to win it? Let's take a, pr- a prediction. Who's winning it? Burrow. Yeah, Burrow. Easy. Went. I think it's an easy W for Burrow. And then
0: second, you got Chase Young as well?
1: Yeah, and then All Justin right. Fields, and then Jalen Hurts. You know, I'm not being biased here. Gotta be, real. Gotta be real here. That's right. Gotta be real. Last thing. Who's the next big name to get a big money contract? I was going to say Rendon for a ton of money, but that happened right before we, we ended the podcast. Who's the next big guy to get
0: a nice I'm contract? I'm going to say Ryu. Because I think now, you know, obviously, the two biggest pitchers on the market are gone. Teams are going to start panicking. And with the money that's been thrown out there, I think Ryu's going to get a nice fat and contract where, and, and help Scott he, Boris out. And where's he going? Ooh, I think he resigns with the Dodgers. Really? I think it depends on what happens with Mad Bum, obviously, if the Dodgers... I think, But I think if the Dodgers don't get Madison Bub Garner, they kind of just have to default go to Ryu because, you know, I mean,
1: obviously, you're going to need to pitch in the Winter World Series nowadays. So, so the, the teams that need pitching right now the most... To, to have a shot of competing next year for divisions that they're both really hard to to compete against is the Mets and Angels. If I had to say, I can see the next big signing be Keuchel and be anywhere from four to five years worth maybe $85 million, and I think they'll go to the Angels. So let's hope we'll see. We'll We'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Fuck. All right, let's go. Peace.